I thought we were starting the podcast with uh, where the hood, where the hood, where the hood at. Yo, dude, I got that on vinyl, dude. Sounds. So oh, good. really? Yeah. You have uh, TXM on vinyl? Yeah, it's his legacy album that they dropped like after he died. It's fucking sick, dude. It's got, uh, dude. It's got, dude. Literally, uh, the fucking first song is. Uh, it's what these bitches want. <laughs> that's him just going, just like, oh, oh. yeah. Just if like, if there's <laughs> if there's one thing I learned from researching for this episode is that X is gonna give it to you. You know <laughs> <laughs> what? True, true. <laughs> X is in fact going. Oh, dude, that's on that fucking record too. Yeah, <laughs> what I fucking hate. I hate his yeah. music. Why? Why? He's barking dude? at you? Are you scared? <laughs> yeah, dude. What are you afraid of? A little crack cocaine, dude. <laughs> Just that, like, it, it makes me think of um what's his fucking who's the like weird one that wears the makeup and shit and he's like a fucking he's just so annoying he used to come to bend all the time um i don't uh, know oh, oh tech nine tech yeah. nine yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the first concerts i ever went to dude i, fucking hate, so I hate that kind of music dude where yeah i'm not <laughs> a fan of tech nine at all <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually we are not talking about dmx today close though we're talking about dxm a super super fun drug actually so yeah well yeah. <laughs> no, i mean you know. <laughs> say to most people that like it's like only niche you know yeah like, a lot of people find it a... terrifying yeah <laughs> yeah um if you're not familiar with the term dxm or dextromethorphan as its actual name shortened down to dxm you might be familiar with names like robo tripping triple c's tussin skittles or vitamin d or even poor man's pcp Fuck yeah. <laughs> Not to be confused with rich man's PCP, which is just, <laughs> just, just PCP. <laughs> oh, no, PCP's cheap as hell, man. Rich man's PCP would be like ketamine. Ketamine, yeah, <laughs> yeah true. true. In, the, in, in the States, true. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> true. So these are all names and terms to refer to ingesting over-the-counter cough medicines to get high, specifically cough medicines containing the legal dissociative drug Dextromethorphan. And can I just get a little bit of credit for not stumbling on dextromethorphan once? Yeah, but this you do say it weirdly. You do say it very strange. Do I? It's dextromethorphan. I, well, or dextromethorphan, but like... It, the, but why are you fucking putting so much emphasis on the fan? Are you a fan of dextromethorphan? I, mean, I just love fannies, you know? It does say fan. <laughs> I like fanny packs, dude. <laughs> and I think like... I think the, the metabolites of it are like... It's a, it's a morphine... Converts into morphinans. I'd call them nans. So, do you think it's related to the Matrix? Dextromethorphan. Yeah. yeah, but if you say it like that, you Morpheus. Ryan, 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 you put the orphan in dextromethorphan. <laughs> no, well, just take out dextro and it says methorphan. Raven, Raven, you put the Raven in the Ravens football team. <laughs> Oh, uh, sad. Boom, Negative roasted. shout out so, to you. If, oh, it's so funny. If you were to if you were to just say like not Dextro, but like Dex the 
Dex, the meth orphan. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you put the meth orphan in dextromethorphan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got him. Boom. <laughs> Moving <rusted>. on. <laughs> Moving on. DXM is used in a variety of non-prescription cough medicines as a cough suppressant, though if ingested at high doses can have substantial psychoactive and even psychedelic effects. Now, we all know DXM and robo-tripping to be the thing that kids do, or teens, as one of their first gateways into the world of drugs, as it is one of the easiest things to get your hands on as a teenager. While this is true, I don't want the adolescent stigma behind the chemical to shadow some of its effects that we're going to be discussing today, as DXM, if taken as DXM and not as a high dose of cough medicine, can be very enjoyable for a lot of people, and for some people... They even find the experience to be quite enlightening. Sometimes not enlightening, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of people get like freaking. I don't know, because like I've I've always heard people that take too much like Nyquil or something. Yeah, and then they get they're like, "What the fuck? I was tripping. <laughs> like, uh, I was terrible." Like, if you don't yeah. know what it is, I feel like it's pretty scary. Is there? Oh, for sure. I don't. Is there DXM and Nyquil? I don't think there is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because Nyquil is used for like cough suppressant when you're sick. I thought Nyquil was just for sleep. Oh no, I'm thinking Zquil. You know what Zquil is? I think that would also probably have DXM in it. I know there are a few brands that don't have dextromethorphan. Uh, Yeah, I remember when I was uh, a young lad and I was looking for you know some of the goods at the uh, local Walmart, (laughs) local Wally World, (laughs) and uh, I. I was like having to like read the ingredients of like every bottle to like see which one had like the most dextromethorphan and like you know which ones had had it or didn't have it and like best ratio of milligram to liquid volume. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, shout out fucking two thousand. I, I wish dude. I wish I would have known. <laughs> I wish I would have had access to a computer back then and just been able to look up um, that you could just purchase it online. <laughs> yeah. yeah well oh my gosh it's so weird that that's now a thing in a sense like um a lot of things that are technically like over the counter or illegal that still can get you high i mean you, you just get them on the internet now yeah yeah and it's so weird um, it is weird I, but, it made me wonder because dextromethorphan is very similar in legal status to um uh, pseudofedrin so i almost wondered if you could buy pseudofed online well, you can definitely get prescriptions online, as far as I've heard, as long as like, you if you have the prescription. Like, well, I have a prescription for it, but I have to go to get it like over the counter because it's uh, or not over I the think, counter, well, uh, behind be the, the counter. Yeah, the counter. <laughs> like, I, well, but like I think actual that you'd, I think you'd be able to potentially get it, um, like on the internet, from yeah, the pharmacy, like online pharmacy. Yeah, I always see uh, websites for that. Like online pharmacies and stuff. I I wonder how legit they are. They are legit. No, like people like people say that they there's some people that have like uh, you know super intense what the uh, what's it called when you're like super anxious you can't go outside anxiety like, <laughs> every day it, it's a phobia every day of my life oh <laughs> I know what you're talking about fuck what's that phobia called agoraphobia uh, yeah agoraphobia oh yeah, yeah they, for sure and that's like there's a good amount of people that have that and right. especially if they are dealing with like especially a, now. Yeah, well, and and having other things like schizophrenia, like usually agoraphobia is like a comorbidity type thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but anyway, yeah. True. 
So back to DXM, the uh, effects of DXM can vary greatly depending on the dosage. With very low doses being around 100 milligrams orally, people will say it feels very energetic, almost stimulated, where very heavy oral doses over 1,000 milligrams can cause complete dissociation to the point where you're viewing your body from the third person or even losing consciousness completely, with many leaving this experience feeling it was not a positive one whatsoever. DXM dosages are very unique in that they, the dosage, dosages are organized in plateaus. And these plateaus obviously are going to range uh, depending on your body weight. So don't just expect... If you, if you weigh 250 pounds, don't expect that these dosages are going to be the same for your friend who weighs 130 pounds. So the first plateau like I said, was the energetic one that's 100 to 200 milligrams orally. The second plateau between 200 and 550 milligrams is more similar to the effects of alcohol with slight cognitive function decrease and some minor hallucination. The third plateau is arguably the target plateau for a lot of people around 550 to 1000 milligrams is where the DXM becomes fully dissociative with a lot of people saying it feels similar to ketamine or PCP, but with more energy this dose will almost completely diminish your motor functions and is one of the reasons uh, that that uh, DXM is referred to as robo-tripping because the way people walk while they're on this dose has been described as robotic or almost like they can't move their joints. Also, because it's one of the main cough medicines that contains DXM is uh, robitussin. Yeah, I've always wondered which one was... Which one was first? Yeah. Chicken or the egg? Yeah, I couldn't figure it out which one was first. I mean, I would say definitely more so like... I would think it was the, the Robitussin robotic. that came first. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's why it's called Robotripping because it's like... Because it's like you're drinking Robitussin to get high and then you're walking around like a robot. Yeah. But DXM has been a long... Or I, I, Robitussin was actually one of the first brands. Oh, yeah. Well, because DXM was created because of its anti-tussive properties yeah like for cough suppressant uh-huh. pro- you know capabilities so i wonder it, it could have been coined uh, as robo tripping before robotussin maybe robotussin made their um name <laughs> because of <laughs> robo tripping <laughs> which we'll find they, out later that they there didn't are even have robots back then man yeah but they sure as hell thought they did yeah, <laughs> they had sci-fi. They had people on fucking <laughs> they had like the twilight true. zone and stuff they had robots that's true true Lastly, the fourth plateau uh, above 1,000 milligrams is when you start to experience extreme hallucinations, complete dissociation, aggressive aggressive behavior, severe discomfort. Ultimately, not a good idea unless you're with someone who has a ton of experience with dissos or you are someone that has a ton of experience. Uh, Perfect set and setting is very important as high doses like this can last close to 12 hours or most likely more than that. Some say over 20 hours. And some people say that they've reported effects lasting as long as two weeks Mm. (laughs) after a fourth plateau. Well, there's even a fifth plateau. Uh, You you didn't didn't read about the sigma level? Death plateau? No. You said the sigma. I thought it was the ligma. Because this is this is a drug that you could overdose on. Oh yeah. Well, and it's this is uh, so the sigma level. I'm pretty sure is like you know, it's very dangerous. You shouldn't try it. But uh, let's let's look at how you do it. Because there's a uh, there's a way to do it. Um, 
So the fifth, the, the fifth plateau, which is known as Plateau Sigma, um, is it because Sigma male? No, I think uh, Sigma is the fifth letter in the Greek alphabet. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was like you're a Sigma male if you do the fifth <laughs> plateau of DXM, like a high schooler. Oh my god, that. no. Wow. Yeah, maybe. No, just like Ro- Robo Trip. You never know. Chicken or the egg. You never know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I guess the the method to experience this so-called Plateau Sigma. Um, is to take a second plateau dose, uh, followed by another second plateau dose, three hours later. And then, at the peak of the second dose, take a fourth plateau dose. Jesus. <laughs> How many milligrams are they saying to take? Well, so, so, well, so it's two second plateaus, so that's... So oh, 200 milligrams. So that's like yeah, a, already 1,000 milligrams almost. It, it, say you do 300 milligrams uh, for your second plateau. Yeah. So that's 600, 600. milligrams. And yeah. then you take around a thousand milligrams later, so you're still f- pretty. F- as long as you measure that out, you're pretty in a safe zone still. But you're going to be wicked fucked up, right? Yeah, and so what sure. it says is like a lot, of, like a lot of the plateau sigma may also occur unintentionally when people are redosing, and this is something that does happen a lot with dissociative anesthetic drugs, where people will start to redose when they're not really even aware of doing it and then they'll end up really fucked up for a long time and they'll be like wow yeah where are all my drugs and why am i so fucked up (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's yeah because with dissociatives then you come to you you finally come into sobriety not remembering any of it a lot of the times yeah which is fucking so dumb but a lot of the reports that i uh read they that i read it uh they said that like a lot of the times the fourth plateau is super hard to even like like if you get there it's hard to like remember even what even happened because a lot of times they'll just black out yeah yeah but a lot of people uh i don't know have you guys read about um i read this on a lot of different reddit reports but it's called uh ginkgo biloba it's like yeah asian it's a tree it comes from china where i guess helps with like memory and shit yeah yeah did you ever did you read it all about like people that take that with DXM? No. Oh, well, yeah, a lot of people take that uh and like they say super B complex vitamins as well because it helps with like actually staying somewhat focused while you're like in the fourth plateau. I guess it helps with like actually remembering like your trip and stuff like that and being like able to like function through it a little bit. That's interesting. Um, yeah. I guess to each their own. Yeah, it's definitely like uh, ginkgo is kind of similar to the plants that we were studying at the lab for cognition. Like, Hell they're yeah. still pretty misunderstood. I wouldn't really give it any um, validity unless, ah. you know, it's just like it's, it's just anecdotal reporting, you know, people saying, oh, this works for me. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to yeah. work for you. Yeah, that's a and good point for sure. It's definitely not common enough that it's something that people are doing. Yeah. Um, and for sure. Speaking of just extremely high doses of DXM. There is a lethal, a lethal amount. A lethality, is that a word? Probably not. There's a lethal amount of DXM that you could take. It is generally starting around 2,500 milligrams. So if you accidentally mess up trying to take a fourth plateau and do double somehow, then you could potentially die. Yeah, your scale's all double fucked or something. Po- yeah. Um, so I'm actually curious. How do you die? What is it from? I don't- is it like organ failure or... So I believe that it could be respiratory depression or 
uh, a serotonin issues, like serotonin syndrome, because it does affect your serotonin pretty negatively, or I guess positively. <laughs> but, yeah, positively yeah. in neutral shadow. <laughs> yeah, at first, yeah, neutral shadow. <laughs> uh, so it, it could just be complications from a lot of things, and it's just a general drug overdose. I mean, obviously there are reasons why you die from a drug overdose, and can't find anything definitive, but I read somewhere that it's respiratory depression, but don't quote me on it. Quoted. But, so that's 2,500 milligrams of just pure DXM, but that number can be much lower if mixed with other drugs. Another thing to know is that if you are ingesting cough medicines containing DXM, that there are a ton of other medicines that are in the, the, the syrup that can also pose health risks as well. For example, if you were to drink a whole bottle of Robitussin DM, you are only ingesting around 118 milligrams of DXM, which we talked about that only be like the beginning of the first plateau. But you're also taking around 2,300 milligrams of guafenesin, which is an expectorant added to cough medicines that causes you to produce mucus and can make you vomit pretty violently if taken at high doses. That's uh, expectorants are, are strange because I've read that they are for making you puke, but in cough syrups, like they can be used to make you puke, oh. but in cough syrups, they're typically used to create mucus to help yeah. you cough more. Yeah, My buddy, to get rid of mucus. Yeah. yeah, this kid I was friends with in high school uh, who used to take DXM all the time. One of the first times he did it, is he just read you could do that and fucking took some of that and took some of the what it what was it called guaf gua, gua, guafenesin guafenesin yeah and he fucking got hella sick oh, yeah. yeah and so it's it's it gets even worse so that's a robitussin dm so robitussin maximum strength contains upwards of 3800 milligrams of acetaminophen which is only 200 milligrams short of the maximum daily dose and can be insanely toxic for your liver and poses a severe health risk if you are taking that much acetaminophen. Yeah, I feel like they almost kind of put it in there <laughs> to keep people from doing. Like, yeah, but that's recreational a, that's the scary thing is say someone gets their hands on it and they're like, oh, it's acetaminophen. Acetaminophen's not bad for you. And then say they want to drink two bottles because they read it only has 100 and whatever milligrams of DXM in there. That's a potentially lethal dose. It does say to or, not exceed. Your t- like your acetaminophen doses like on the labels, you know what I mean? Yeah, it says don't do it. Like it's a big deal. Yeah, people if they want to read past that, that's their fault. Agreed. I, I I'm just thinking for like small children who, uh, you know, maybe don't have the best education, education. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Natural yeah. selection. Like you're not allowed to buy it. Point, <laughs> it's 18 and up. Like you have to be 18 to get it. So yeah. Really, it's like if you're getting it. However you are, you're probably old enough to read the fucking label and know. Yeah. And if you're sick and you're 12, fucking sucks for you. You got to just stay sick. <laughs> yeah, mean, hopefully your parent is not like just <laughs> making you drink a fucking pint of <laughs> Delsum. Your uh, scientific beliefs are coming through in Darwinism. You're like natural selection, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It is true. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay with that. So there are companies out there, though, like Robocough, that I'm fairly sure are purely for people to get high off of and not intended as cough medicine, unlike how they advertise themselves. Because they advertise themselves as the lowest price cough syrup, which happens to be produced by DXM Pharmaceuticals. (laughs) Interesting. So they specialize (laughs) in a certain chemical. (laughs) That's hilarious. 
And you could either get liquid or in a pill form of this quote-unquote cough medicine that only contains DXM, no guafenesin, no Tylenol or anything, and at pretty high amounts. And you could even order it on Amazon. A bottle of Robo Tablets will <laughs> run you around $20.99, comes with 100 tablets at uh, 30 milligrams of DXM per tablet. So you could do the math on that. You could get pretty fucked up off $21. So it's like, it's like four or three-fourth plateaus? You could, yeah. Nice. That's like, that's cheap drugs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to alcohol. Are we you promoting get that? fucked up off of an $8, $8 <laughs> bottle of vodka or something, dude? That shit gets you fucked Some up. HRD? <laughs> yeah. Some fucking broker's whiskey, dude? I mean... <laughs> Should we like actually... $8? I mean, we might, we might as well just set up DXM Pharmaceuticals as a... Uh, as a sponsor for this sponsor, episode? Yeah, you guys yeah want a sponsor? good point. Yeah, yeah let's, let's reach out to them after this. So, Negative shout-out until it's a positive shout-out when they sponsor us. Don't... You don't abuse um, DXM through the form of cough medicine. It's my advice to the people. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. like if you're going to use it, like use it as cough medicine. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's why. That's a disclaimer. I'm not. I, oh, yeah. I'm not. What's, not recommend anybody do any drugs. What's the legality of it when it comes Completely to getting high? Legal. No. So like, like if you were to extract it from the cough syrup into its powder. You don't need to with RoboCough. But I'm just saying, like, even if you just... I guess if you overdose on it, yeah, it's not illegal. So the U.S. has proposed making DXM a prescription drug in 2010, but they lacked any evidence that this would actually have any effect on people abusing it. The only country that has actually fully outlawed DXM is Indonesia. It is completely illegal in Indonesia without... uh, With or without a prescription. But meanwhile, and, they chew battle nuts all day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and and crotum. So there are, um, there are. It is state dependent, though, with DXM. So I bet if you're in certain states, like you're trying to order Oregon, Oregon and California are some of the states that you have to be above 18. And then in certain uh, states, it's up to just the store whether they want to sell it to an underage person or not. Under 18. Damn. Yeah. So it's I very like weird. Could, I feel like you could be in like bum fuck nowhere in. Kind of like and buy it, no one would care. Kind of like how um, you used to be able to go to the store for your parents and get like a six pack and a pack of smokes or something, right? Yeah, True. it's still DXM, <laughs> but it, but uh, you don't want you don't want to be drinking the the cough syrup though because it contains such little DXM versus the other stuff that you're drinking. Yeah, is bad for you. Except for uh, except for Robocop. <laughs> well, and, uh, I think Delsum, the Delsum Twelve Hour, I think only has uh, like it's like many. It doesn't have any a bunch other like weird ingredients. It's like just like dextromethorphan, and then nah. um, I mean it's got other ingredients obviously, but it doesn't have like the guafenesin or whatever that fucking shit is or anything. Interesting. Uh, I think so it'll. It was like thirty milligrams per like uh, whatever like one ounce, uh, or I don't know fucking. Whatever the like little measuring cup size is, it was like thirty milligrams per one of those, and uh, you drink a whole bottle of that and you get fucked up, dude. <laughs> Del- that, that'll get you to the second plateau for sure, dude. Del Delsum still has guaf guafenazin in it. The uh, orange day twelve hour, because I'm pretty sure when I was going through. Um, I mean, you could you could go to your local pharmacy and look. Through the bottles and figure out. Yeah, what figure it out yourself. We're not promoting. Oh uh, no, you're, no, I'm telling you're right. you. You're right. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't. <laughs> Told it has, you. It's the um, extended release stuff, but 
fuck that, dude. That's gross. Yeah, that's nasty. I know, dude. It's not good. It's not good stuff. So if you shout out. If you have a cold and you need cough medicine and, yeah, you know, your, your cough is really bad, then uh, just hit up Amazon, go to DXM Pharmaceuticals, um, buy some robo-tablets. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's the healthiest way to suppress your cough, dude. I would say, so honestly, the best way to, if you're going to really do a DXM is you should try to find it in its raw form. So apparently you can still on the internet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you mean still? Well. It's been around. It's been around longer than any other thing that you could buy off the internet probably like yeah. drug wise yeah it's crazy and you can get kilos of it yeah <laughs> i i if, even if um you're not interested in doing drugs i urge everyone go to robocop's website uh just you know stream some traffic over there they're, they're, no i'm just kidding uh no their <laughs> website is so funny and their advertising campaign they're like robocop at the golf course robocop at the beach <laughs> Yo, imagine going like... golfing they literally <laughs> are selling it for getting high yeah dude imagine going golfing <laughs> <laughs> while you're robo tripping, that sounds so hard. First of all, golfing your arms are just so like hard. not working, <laughs> dude. Imagine <laughs> you just oh fucking come to back to reality. You're just in a forest somewhere. Just are you on their website? Yeah, this, this is hilarious. Yeah. they have like little, they have like little shots, uh huh, little bottle shots that are how many milligrams? It's a lot, right? Like three hundred milligrams or something. I don't know. I didn't because uh, all over their website they only advertise dextromethorphan. I don't even see how much is in there, but... Oh, okay. So, let's move on to some myths. So, before I talk about the brief history, it seems as though people all over the internet have this assumption that DXM can give you brain lesions. What are they called? The... the Olney's lesions. Olney's lesions. <clears throat> and I couldn't find anything proving this. I could find studies proving that DXM can actually be neuroprotective and that does not mean that it can't also be neurotoxic. For example, alcohol is something that is both neuroprotective and neurotoxic at the same time. But with DXM, I have found no evidence that it can damage your brain to the extent of lesions. In fact, the contrary where I found studies that showed in rats that it had no effect whatsoever. Yeah, so um, just make sure to when you're saying studies, you don't say proven. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> essentially, I mean, yes, there's just evidence with the studies that we have for this stuff, but there's not evidence. 100% proven that <laughs> it does not cause lesions and you're safe yeah. to take thousands of milligrams of DXM at a time. The the Olney's lesions <laughs> comes from a guy, I forget his first name, but Dr. Olney did some research. Olney fans? I was going to say, <laughs> is his first name fan? <laughs> fan only. Fan only. <laughs> Not funny. Okay. Not funny. It's like Hakeem, uh, dude. <laughs> I think he had observed some kind of um, lesions in animal brain um, using this NMDA antagonist, a very potent NMDA antagonist called MK801. Um, not something that like we know of as a drug to use for fun. But being that a lot of the dissociative anesthetics that are kind of hallucinogenic or whatever, um, ketamine, PCP, DXM, they are NMDA antagonists. Um, and so there's, I think there's just sort of an idea and it's more of like a caution to users who abuse these drugs and use them, you know, for maybe every day or years on end or something like that, that there's potential for neurotoxicity in the form of lesions. Um, so that's even with ketamine too then, Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. 
And I think like when I read, I read something that was kind of saying like essentially the one that would be the worst is PCP. The one that's the safest, ketamine, you know, DXM is kind of hanging out in the middle. Interesting. And PCP makes sense sort of due to the, like it has, it lasts so much long. You know, it's, it's, it can, that half-life lasts forever and it can build up with redosing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like there's more people abusing PCP than there are people abusing DXM. DXM is definitely Absolutely. much well, so a, a niche. I don't know. I about would say that, it's dude. different demographics for what? sure. I think people grow out of DXM. Absolutely. And true. I think people grow in the PCP. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but even some people, like, you got to remember on the East Coast where we are not from, PCP is very much so a prevalent drug. Yeah. yeah There's yeah. not people point, just hanging yeah. out in the streets fucking slanging Robocop pills. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's only a certain amount of people that are still fucking with DXM. Dude, but the DXM subreddit goes off. Yeah. Dude, literally, <laughs> yeah. I scrolled for a good five minutes and it was all posts from the same day. Yeah. yeah. It's, in- no? it's insane, dude. It's insane how many posts there are about so it's, DXM. I it's was safe to say that there surprised. are a lot of people using DXM. For sure. A lot. Regularly. A lot of people. Yeah. Dude, every single post I saw was like, Oh yeah, this is a trip report from when I was like seventeen or sixteen, and it's just like just Dude, fucking what other for days. What other drug can you spend twenty one dollars on and just like to have enough, like for right. as much as you want to do? I well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I was I gonna know. say I was like, because fucking acid is dumb cheap, dude. Yeah, I was gonna say it, it's essentially it's twenty dollars for three doses. Because to me, the only yeah. doses that you should be so taking long. are fourth plateau doses. <laughs> no, third's yeah. dope. I don't know. Third is cool, but like. The, the only I fucking love DXM for the one time that I had yeah. <laughs> legitimate hallucinations. Yeah, my one like time fully. really, really doing it because I did it like through the cough medicine and I did like a little bit. Uh, but my one time really, really, really doing it was the craziest hallucinations ever. And it lasts so freaking long. Like 20, I think it lasted about 20 hours. Jesus yeah. Oh, it always Christ. felt, it definitely felt like it was like you had to put in two days almost. Yeah. Yeah, you don't just come back to normal at all. No. It's like a very slow re-entering your body and your well, brain. I'd say, like, the weird part is you mentally kind of come back pretty quick. Yeah. I'd say within the first 10 hours, 12 hours. Yeah. But your physical, like, ability to, like, move and do normal things is just fucked. Yeah. Like, Driving is so scary within the first 20 hours. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> Yeah, so you're pretty much like <laughs> stuck. That's what I was talking about. It's really important to have a safe uh, trip space if you're going to be doing it somewhere. It not work anytime soon. <laughs> Maybe oh take God. it on a Friday before you have to work on a Monday or something. You just reminded yeah, yeah. me of when I worked at the real estate <laughs> office in Bend. Shouts out to the freaking uh, like 30-year-old chick who started working there randomly like in the office with us. With us, and then she got fired hella fast. And I was like, why'd she get fired? I was like, hella young. You know, it was my first job kind of thing. And um, they were like, well, we found, uh, like, look at her trash can. And they, like, grabbed it for me. And there was, like, 10 bottles of fucking <laughs> cough syrup. Dude, and, like, she she's, like, getting cheating. high on the job. That's amazing. <laughs> like, That's so cool. Because at that time, I was fucking around with the powdered shit. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, can I actually get her phone yeah. number? <laughs> it was not attractive. Or anything like that. I kind of felt bad for her, man. I was like, all I could think was like, Damn. what kind of druggy do you have to be to be like 30-something, getting a job, <laughs> and as soon as you start getting the job... Getting fired for cough medicine. <laughs> Coughs are an addict. Not <laughs> only that, those bottles are like... For when you actually have a cold and you go and you're like, 
poor like me and see that those bottles bottles are like twelve dollars each or something crazy. Yeah, it's like if you're trying to get high off that. Think about Robocop. You're set off twenty one dollars uh, uh, to get anywhere near like a third plateau dose off cough medicine. You're spending fifty bucks. Yeah, no. dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you Not are because it only has 118 milligrams per bottle of DXM for the sure? stuff with uh, no Tylenol. Uh, no, some uh, no the del- the Delsum that I I, think uh, it was I, I was just looking up Robitussin. Yeah, or maybe more than that. I think it was like 210. But even those bo- those uh, bottles are not cheap. They're like no. I'd say like I can't remember, but it's. 10 to 20 bucks for sure for a bottle yeah yes yeah, so you're spending remember, close to 50 bucks no 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 because i i have definitely tried to give myself a fourth plateau dose buying coffee syrup, <laughs> that's and i was so pissed nasty. off about it and it was only two bottles <laughs> so i think yeah, there but, was about 500 in each yeah so, okay so then that's still fucking what 30 bucks 40 bucks so no like 20 tomato tomato what, I wonder. Per, I wonder like what you were buying. I wonder what brand you were buying. Yeah, and what bottles point. they were? Because I the, the bottles I I've were, usually always bought the fucking um, the uh, off brand. Oh, like if you buy the okay. fucking Walmart brand or the Safeway brand, it has nothing else in it except the extent. Gotcha. I only buy name brand stuff. But <laughs> also, I've I've done the extraction. Oh, okay. With syrup. Damn. It's where you extract it with your teeth, right? You use your no. teeth as filters. You just pour it over no, your teeth and you go... It's so <laughs> gross. Fucking lighter fluid and lemon juice, dude. And some fucking paint thinner, I think. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that sounds very healthy. All right. Well, another huge myth about TXM. <laughs> I remember you, you like cough fucking lighter fluid. Or you burp lighter fluid God constantly. Damn, Are you serious? Yeah. Dude. After you take it. <laughs> so what gnarly. the fuck, dude? <laughs> It's Michael, how do you have a bachelor's degree, dude? It's better than guafinesse, bro. <laughs> dude, nuts in the mouth. It's better than producing mucus. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. The other huge myth I want to talk about with DXM that blows me away is that people believe that there is actually a 50 trip limit when taking DXM. Luckily, it does seem like there are a lot of people going around the internet educating people on why that's not true. But for anyone who knows this myth, who might think it's real, no, there is not a 50 trip limit when taking DXM. What is happening is uh, likely just people, uh, if you're getting to up to 50 trips and then you're experiencing that it's not getting you high, you're obviously using it regularly and you're an avid user. 50 is a lot. Oh, yeah. 50. I mean, if you think about it, like... Somebody before they're even aged fifty, if they've used it fifty times, they're fucking using it more than once a year, and yeah, it's definitely like it's a pretty gnarly drug in the sense that it lasts super long. It's probably it's doing stuff to your body and brain for a much longer period of time than your average recreational drug. Yeah, um, and weirdly enough, I mean, there is there is talk in <clears throat> anecdotal evidence or whatever of people that use ketamine and PCP and stuff, um, NMDA antagonists cause perma tolerance. Interesting, Whoa. because what I like, read just about the DXM is that it does give you a huge tolerance, especially these kinds of drugs will give you a huge tolerance. So then it will take so much more to give you any effects at all. So that's what makes people think that there's a 50 trip limit is because you just gain a huge tolerance. And I, I, I did read that sometimes it could take up to a year for the tolerance to go down at all. And that's because people will be like, oh, well, I used to take it and then it didn't work. And I waited two months and I tried to take it again and it still doesn't work. There must be a limit. Yeah. But the thing is, you still have that gigantic tolerance. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just, mm. yeah, ketamine's like that big time. You could stop doing ketamine for 
five to ten years and then try it again and you'll have a tolerance to it. Really? Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I'd say it's mostly likely due to the fact that the NMDA receptors are so widespread throughout the body and the brain, more so than other receptors, that and they're so essential for things like learning and memory and all these, you know, motor functions and different stuff. So essentially like constantly uh deactivating them with drugs like that makes me feel like it make it makes almost sense sort of just due to how much more how many how many more NMDA receptors there are in the body and the fact that these drugs just that's how they work is attached to those and then deactivate them so hmm. yeah it, it, yeah that is really interesting more so than like you know how a psychedelic comes on hangs out to serotonin receptor fucking stimulates it and then once it's once it hang like once it gets off that it's done. You I wonder fucking- how bad DXM is long term for your serotonin receptors. Oh, Good probably question. yeah, not that great. <laughs> no, because it it <laughs> can give you serotonin syndrome. Like it really likes the serotonin in your brain. That's yeah. um something I'll, I'll just talk about briefly here. With uh, I was going to talk about in harm reduction things like MDMA. Um, if taken with DXM, can almost guaranteed cause things like serotonin syndrome and can be insanely dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few interactions that are pretty... Yeah, we could talk about it more later in like harm reduction type stuff. Um, So that is likely what's happening. There's no 50 time tolerance. That's not a thing. But like Micah said, you could have a tolerance for a very, very long time. And... That moves on to the history of DXM. I'll keep this kind of brief as to give time to my fellow... Oh, we never introduced ourselves. Whatever. So the history of DXM is a very interesting history that has left much speculation and conspiracy theories in its wake. It was originally tested in 1954 by the U.S. Navy under CIA funding while they were trying to find, quote-unquote, non-addictive substitutes for codeine. So this is something that we actually discussed a little bit in our MDMA episode is how the CIA tested a lot of drugs on the military in the 50s and 60s. And this has caused quite a bit of conspiracy. Maybe I'll just talk about this really quick. (laughs) So a lot of people seem to think that DXM being so publicly accessible has been a psyop and I have found tons of Reddit reports of people talking about how when they were in the military, even in the early 2000s in Iraq, there were these giant vats of DXM and triple C's that they were just like openly allowed to take and um, just robo tripping the whole time that they were stationed, which is just, it makes no sense to me why they would have that there. And there were people talking about how it led to them having an addiction to cough syrup. And that's actually how I found the RoboCough website was through this guy talking about how when he was stationed, there was just these giant vats of DXM and that they were testing it on the military. But that doesn't make sense if they were testing it in the the 50s. Why would they still have it in the 2000s? These are all very good questions, Raven. Yeah. I think the government owes us answers. Yeah, I don't really have any like solid facts about any of the conspiracies. I just thought it it was uh, pretty interesting that <laughs> it, it, some people were saying that they believe it's a PSYOP being so accessible because it's a way for 
the public to easily access communication with at like extraterrestrials essentially and extra extra normal creatures like fifth dimension kind of things and have a have a way to still do that if they had the knowledge of DXM and and found means into taking that drug they it, it, as to not like limit everything like how uh, the LSD is regulated DMTs regulated but to, to keep one thing out there because a lot of people say on DXM you can communicate like they, they, they some people talk about like meeting god and stuff on DXM so oh yeah, yeah well, 100% a, oh sorry. go ahead i was going to say i read a lot of reports about people meeting god or like finding the true meaning of life and shit like that like actually having like crazy spiritual you know experiences and then a lot of other people that don't um but uh, you know we'll talk about that yeah so I just uh, thought I'd throw that out there. It's just kind of fascinating that it has left a lot of conspiracies out there. But by 1958, the FDA approved DXM as an over-the-counter antitussive, which successfully gave a, dis- uh, a decent replacement for coating cough syrups. During the early 60s, a brand named Ro- Roman- Romilar. <laughs> Why Ramalar. did I have so much trouble saying Ramalar? Wow, dude. So Ramalar... Ramalar hit the shelves selling DXM tablet, tablets, which only lasted 13 years until it was pulled off the shelves completely due to people finding out that they were able to take it to get high. This has also led uh, to a lot of conspiracies. If they found out that it was going to be abused that long ago. Why not make it a prescription that long ago? This did lead True. pharmaceutical companies to start coming out with new poor tasting cough medicines, hoping that this would deter people from abusing DXM. Uh, through- <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I'm wondering why they put that shit in there. Well, no. So that so before uh, the bad flavors, they would make actually bad tasting cough syrups like intentionally tasting bad it wasn't until later that flavored ones even came out the ones that are like cherry and things like that i was gonna say so these are the non-bad flavored ones (laughs) for tasting like absolute asshole no please don't talk about it yeah no it's i want to i want to taste one of the older older ones that were intentionally made to taste bad if these ones are the ones that don't taste bad dude that's got yeah, to just... me. It's it's the menthol that fucking <laughs> is what ruins it. <laughs> they yeah. shouldn't call it cherry. They should call it cherry menthol. Cherry menthol. <laughs> it's disgusting. Dude. Ooh, a cherry menthol yeah. cigarette. I was yeah, I was about to say that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or a vape juice. Cherry yeah. Oh Ooh. my god, dude. Or just you just call a vape juice fucking robotus. <laughs> I want to I want a vape juice that tastes like eating an orange after you just brush your teeth. What about a vape juice that's called dog, <laughs> dog's vape, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Dude, orange juice after brushing your teeth vape would be disgusting. That's the most fire flavor ever. So jumping at, jump again it's to like the 90s. <laughs> with the spark of the internet, people quickly found a way to start purchasing bulk DXM online around uh, 1990 to 1996 to avoid ingesting any of the other harsh chemicals that would be found inside the over-the-counter cough syrup. And this is where the trend stays today. A very common, uh, commonly purchased legal, uh, I use legal in quotes because depending on where you're at, it might not be, uh, drug that you could buy on the internet. 
And like I said earlier, the U.S. has talked about making it a prescription, but nothing has came from that. So that's where we are today. Damn, I, I really want to know like how people are getting the bulk. Yeah, I don't know. I, I From what I could find on Reddit, most people just go with the Robocough because it's literally yeah. just DXM. Well, and I think it's like within the U.S., I think the thing is, is like people that have to actually order it from like China, oh, and wait for international. Like you have to have it go through customs and all this stuff if you're going to order mm. the synthetic stuff. I wonder where DXM uh, pharmacy. You know what I mean. Look up where D- go to Robocough uh, website. They're definitely a United States company. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's. I like, wonder it if you could just like, contact them directly. Like two to three day shipping. Well, okay. yeah. I mean, the weird thing is, is I bet you anything. This is a company that's literally just like a few people like us. That w- was like, oh, we're gonna, we should. They have, they had a supply of um, the pure powder, and they're like, we might as well make a thing that's technically like a cough medicine, but not really cough medicine. I wonder. It's a how, loophole to get away with how, selling it. Would you have to go to the uh, like get a farm tech degree to start a pharmaceutical company? An over the counter one, or you know, what I mean, like for yeah. legal ones, probably. You think so? Because yes. it is FDA regulated. Yeah. Then yeah. And the thing is, is that there's um, they're not. I doubt they're synthesizing it. They might be. True. They, they, they could, could be just be importing it. it. But if they're synthesizing it, then 100, percent they'd have to be like legit because they'd be getting tons and tons of chemicals that would right flag them. You know. So they could yeah, just technically point. be getting the raw DXM from China and then putting it into their yeah. brand essentially, mm-hmm. or just ordering all of it. As already pressed. Right. Wow. Yeah. Middleman. Mm-hmm. Robocop middleman. Who knows? Well, Maybe I'll hit them up when I ask them if they want to sponsor this episode. Yeah. Well, I'm, That'd I'm be pretty curious. sick, honestly. Yeah. That would be cool. They don't really have that many followers on Instagram, dude. We could fucking hit them up. Yeah. Did you see they have an Instagram? <laughs> yeah, dude. dude, dude. It's, it's robo <laughs> underscore cough. And it's here, hold on. Fucking look this up, really. I'm... I'll, I'll show you guys really quick. I'm down. It's so funny, dude. It's so it's it's I'm it's Robo underscore cough. I'm pretty sure. I'm looking it up right now, guys. Don't you even fucking don't you even wait a second, dude. Yeah. So Robo underscore cough, and I will share that with you. Oh, they have four thousand three hundred thirty-four followers, dude. We could definitely fucking get this. Uh, get this. As a Unless sponsor. they're trying to stay on the DL, you know. Uh, I don't know, dude. It has their freaking website in their freaking bio. And literally every, like, every freaking post is just an ad. Like, there was one, uh, <laughs> MLK weekend, lowest price cough tablets. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Celebrate Martin Luther King Day. And <laughs> fucked up on Robotestin, dude. Oh, I thought, I thought maybe, I thought maybe they said celebrate Martin Luther King Day with some Robocop. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's literally fucking, I'll send you the post right now. It's fucking... Oh, I'm it's looking at MLK at, weekend. Oh my yeah, god! Dude, it's so Cinco funny. de Mayo, dude. Dude, Holy yeah, they have Halloween. Dude, they got New Year's Eve. They got Christmas, dude. They're, yeah, they are. They're ready for every St. holiday. St. Patrick's dude. Day. They're advertising you should mix this with alcohol, essentially. <laughs> baseball season, dude. Holy. <laughs> There's not nothing like starting baseball season. Mardi like Gras relief. Yo, shout, dude. Mardi Gras while robo tripping would be dope. This is amazing. They. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Should we Robocop? We, we, we see you. Ro- yeah, Robocop. We see you. We love you. You're the boys. So. All right, I'll follow you. The on fellas the, on the Instagram on the podcast Instagram. Okay, let's get let's get back to 
<laughs> talking about the, <laughs> the facts about DXM. We've been shouting them out. It's cool. I'm down. Yo, yeah. Speaking of Instagram, follow us on drinking out of cups underscore podcast. Yeah, please uh, follow us, share our stuff, like our stuff. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Oh my God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a weird noise to make about you right. following us. Fucking butthead. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the one who looks like butthead, but you sure do sound like him. <laughs> what I shared to the, the group chat earlier. Um, oh. <laughs> it's got me fucking on another level. Suck. Mike is bricked up right now, guys. <laughs> well, we talked about the chemistry of how that works. So let's talk about the chemistry of the <laughs> All right. So um, some of you may be actually quite surprised to learn that um, DXM is an analog of codeine. If you weren't listening to that, uh, I, I may have said that in our uh, lean episode, which covered codeine, but uh, may have not. Essentially, I remember talking about and telling people about how um, uh, Raven and I actually both sort of tackled this, but the that coding is not actually a cough suppressant, right? Um, so then DXM was created uh, for this reason. And anyway, uh, chemically, it's an opium alkaloid derivative, uh, but since it does not act pharmacologically at opioid receptors, um, it's not considered an opioid and does not have the same... Uh, pain relieving or euphoriant or respiratory depression effects that codeine and morphine have. That is so interesting. I did not know that it was a uh, opioid derivative. Yeah, I did read that. Yeah, derivative. morphinan. So wild. Um, yeah, pretty fucking uh, sweet. When metabolized, uh, DXM um, is converted into a dextrorphan or DXO by uh, cytochrome P450. Um, the isoenzyme of this is the CYP2D6, um, which is sort of what uh, is actually creating uh, the DXO. Um, but if you remember, uh, in previous episodes, I've talked about cytochrome P450 and how uh, this can be inhibited via uh, you know, grapefruit juice, right? Or other uh, monoamine oxidase inhibitors. Um, so when thinking about DXM, uh, DXM itself, dextromethorphan, is not actually psychoactive. Um, it's almost similar to how psilocybin and psilocin work. Um, so DXO is the psychoactive, um, you know, metabolite. It's what's uh, actually giving it, you know, its, its effects or whatever. Um, and anyway, I, I know I mentioned earlier that it is an NMDA antagonist. It's also uh, an alpha three, beta four nicotinic receptor antagonist. So just that kind of means that it has. Uh, it potentially blocks some uh, neural transmission, um, meaning like uh, communication between neurons. So very similar to how NMDA works. But I know that I've kind of mentioned nicotinic receptors a few times and not really talked a lot about um, what they do. So I figured I'd mention that. Um, weirdly enough, this is where it gets kind of interesting and freaky. I know we kind of talked about a little bit of this earlier. Uh, it's a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, uh, similar to, you know, the... 
uh, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors that we know of, uh, like Prozac. Lorazepam. What? Isn't Lorazepam? No, that's a benzo. Oh. Uh, you're thinking... Um, Alprazolam? Whatever, whatever Zoloft is. Zoloft, yeah, that's the one I'm yeah. thinking. I um, thought that was Lorazepam. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All the Alprazolam. PAMs and stuff and AMs and whatnot are benzos. Okay. Um, I can help with this pan pam. <laughs> um, I was just talking to someone about that movie the other day. I just thought of The Office. You know, Pam. Oh, uh, stuff uh, yeah. bro. Oh, yeah. I love her. Yeah, same. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so it's also a serotonin releaser. So it can make you feel good, you know. Uh, very similar to how MDMA does, uh, with, like with serotonin. And this is where, you know, it does uh, carry some risk for the serotonin syndrome that we've talked about. Serotonin syndrome... Uh, I don't know exactly all of the uh, symptoms of it, you know, because the syndrome is sort of mentioning there's a few things involved, but it is fatal. So that's something to be, you know, uh, cautious about when thinking of taking high doses of this drug or mixing it with other serotonin releasing agents. Um, However, not being an opioid, it does enhance the uh, pain relieving properties of morphine and presumably other mu receptor agonists, uh, mu opioid receptor agonists, meaning like you know, fentanyl, heroin, things like that. So taking them together is likely to cause even more, you know, pain relieving effects uh, from your opioids, which could be a good thing, right? You know, that it's beneficial. However, the thing that scares me to think of with combining these drugs is you're likely also increasing the uh, respiratory depressive effects from the mu receptor agonists like morphine and fentanyl and heroin and stuff like that. So taking DXM with it might potentially actually lead to uh, respiratory depression quicker and at a you know whatever uh, worse rate than it would have alone um or if either drug were taken alone right so meaning i just feel like they potentiate each other more so than just pain relief um but <clears throat> that's more just an idea um interesting so yeah yeah pretty pretty weird pretty weird um so both dxm and dxo uh they do you know i mentioned their nmda receptor antagonist however there's actually some um Association with postsynaptic uh, serotonin 2A stimulation, um, which could have to do with, uh, it, it, you know, how it has um, weird hallucinogenic effects at high doses. So we know that the, the serotonin 2A receptor stimulation um, from psychedelic drugs, right? Psilocybin, we've talked about it. It's how it produces its effect by uh, going in, a, you know, being an agonist to this 5-HT2A receptor. Um, anyway, uh I find that kind of cool because I would say personally DXM is somewhat more psychedelic than something like uh, ketamine, right? Uh, being that it doesn't, it has more hallucinogenic properties, whereas there's less halluc- hallucinations going on with ketamine. Um, and I, I think that, I don't know, uh, there is an indication as far as I'm aware that ketamine affects the serotonin 2A receptor. Yeah, speaking out of, uh, uh, you know, firsthand experience, DXM for me was insanely hallucinogenic to the point where it's just like cartoon world. But I could remember all of it. Yeah. It, I had no memory loss or loss of consciousness whatsoever. I can remember 100% of it and it was like a fucking cartoon. Mm-hmm. I astral oh, yeah. projected on it. Yeah. I was like li- fully. I, that third person point of view thing people say that they get. I literally was watching the back of my head as I was walking and talking or trying to talk because I would talk and I would hear the words coming out of my mouth backwards, and I would kind of see them come out of my mouth mm-hmm. in these just like scrambled up letters that meant nothing and made no sense. Yeah, Hell I remember yeah, I had traveled from my room to my ex's room, held her, like got in bed, 
gave her like a hug or some shit, cuddled for a second. And I'm fully aware of all of this. Traveled back to my bed, got back in my body, and then just like enjoyed the rest of the trip. Yeah. And it was by far one of the most like like nerve-wracking, weirdest experiences I've ever had because of how real it felt. Yeah. That's why wow. I call it a hallucination is because it's 100%. That did not happen. But the feeling maybe of it, it was real. I mean, maybe yeah, it Maybe did. that's sure, part maybe of the conspiracy. Do that. But I, I truly don't think... I think <laughs> that when you get super dissociated with these drugs, the fucking weird hallucination stuff that's coming out is because you're tapping into uh, unconscious states. Like, what happens... When we dream... Like, there's possibility that, yes, we are accessing some other shit, right? Something else is going on. But I would say most likely it's just a natural thing that we yeah. our brain and like trips out and it makes up crazy stories and it has all these weird feelings and it has to do with so many other things that we don't even know about. Yeah. So, as a as a lucid dreamer who can go wherever I want and build whatever I want in my in my dreams, I, I don't personally think that lucid dreaming and things like that, when you're actually astral projecting into a situation or into a real room or something that that is the same as sober astral projection through meditation. I think dreaming is alone in its own dream space and it's safe and it's uh, and it's the same almost as take astral projecting on a drug. I feel like on mm-hmm. DXM it's it's kind of more of a dream state. You're in like your yeah. DMT side of your brain where everything's just fake and whimsical. I do think that there's something different when it comes to meditation and getting mm-hmm. yourself there sober. Yeah. Is probably a lot different than on drugs, but yeah. Well, you know, and it's, yeah. It, it's very possible that the drugs are just sort of like, a, um, you know, a shortcut key to these things. Totally, like the, the things that you could be getting with meditation. But um, when it comes to the the dissociative anesthetics, I would say, to be honest, the the weirdness and the, um, you know, the super out there things that people are kind of having when they experience the shit that they experience. I don't think that there's any like realness to that. Um, I think that it's fully like an individualized experience. Like that, that guy that, oh, um, came up with all those like, uh, agencies or whatever. In the, oh, the ketamine for the guy. ketamine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Dr. Lily, he, yeah, he had had all these weird hallucinations that he the believed. The dolphin in. guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Anyway. Like these drugs are definitely much stronger with uh, kind of making people change their perception of what's real and what's not than a than a psychedelic like mushrooms. Yeah, when you said it's like a, a like a like a like a cheat code shortcut kind of way, I think there is still maybe something to it a little bit, especially with things like DMT or LSD. LSD, if, if you've ever taken it and just done it like meditatively, you can access knowledge that you did not have prior. Yeah. And you can yeah. experience really weird communicative things with people that are unexplainable. And you you could have these experiences that are unexplainable that are completely real. So there is something to it, using drugs. Yeah. I just don't... Yeah. yeah, I don't... I would like to chime in a little bit on that because I actually have a decent amount to talk about with uh, when it comes to meditation. Because when, uh, you know, during COVID, when every, everything was all crazy, dude, I got super into psychedelics and uh like did you know a lot of meditative uh you know trips of dmt and lsd and was just meditating a lot whether i was sober or on drugs or whatever you know uh so i would i did figure out how to eventually get there like while being sober and what a fucking experience that is uh i were you no hand jacking 
What's up? Were you no hand jacking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was fucking jacking my brain, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, dude. It's it's a very interesting Tantric state breathing. to get to, like while sober, because like I would say some of the vision, like some of the visions I would have in these meditative states were almost felt more because when you're like when you're on drugs, like you it feels fake. Because like you're on these drugs, and except for like DMT, it feels a little more real. But like LSD, it still feels like it's like oh, I'm I'm just tripping. But when you get there sober, it is like such a surreal experience. Yeah, it's freaky. It freaks me out because I I yeah. do it to lead into uh, lucid dreaming. When I want to lucid dream at night, I'll oh, start to meditate smart. before bed, and I'll just like lay there in a certain position and do like breathing a certain way, and kind of uh, induce like certain thoughts and patterns and stuff. And it's weird. It's full blown tripping. It's mm-hmm. like yeah. it's like LSD times ten level of tripping. But then yeah. you're also able to like completely snap change out. everything and snap out yeah. of it because yeah. you're sober. Yeah. Yep. It's weird. It's shit. very strange. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I know I need to start meditating more, dude, because that was like such a cool point in my life when it's fun to go into a trance and let it lead you. It oh, goes yeah. so it goes into such weird places. It's awesome. Yeah. And then you come back and you're like, what fucking time is it? Like, how long have I been meditating for? It's and, interesting. Oh, sorry. No, I mean, I was just going to say sometimes it's like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour more, you know. And you are chiming into the uh, the health and wellness podcast here brought to you by <laughs> Drinking Out Cups. <laughs> I mean, this is good. This is a little different stuff that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, um, we've never talked yeah. about us uh, actually. Like, Yeah, well, and I would say it's something that I, I never really considered talking about. But that these drugs, I like most of these dissociatives, they do sort of, I feel like, have some of their trippy psychedelic effects from um, inducing trance and inducing a meditative state it's so calming for someone to be in this state typically that they're able to disconnect from their reality or whatever Um, yeah much much easier than with like a lsd where you're kind of like stimulated and kind of maybe confused or paranoid or anxious or whatever well that's what's funny about lsd for me is like whenever i would get anxious or anything like that i would just meditate and it would calm me down it would bring me just to the like the most calm and like natural state well, yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, these drugs don't have that anxious state. There's no right. need to calm yourself down. They put you into the calm. Yeah. yeah okay, like, that's yeah, what they're doing. Saying. So it makes them so much different than psychedelics in that sense. Yeah. With DXM True. in particular, it, it is strange that, any, like, a fourth plateau dose, a lot of people can go into extreme, like, uncomfortability, which can uh, make them be super aggressive. So yeah. th- this is a weird one with that, because I know when I took it, we took a lot. And I did not, I felt like a little bit of uncomfortability being like the first crazy dissociative experience I ever had. But for the most part, it was whimsical and funny. And I had a, like, there was, it was all positivity. So it's weird that this one in particular can make people kind of angry. I wouldn't say for everyone. I think it's calming uh, and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, of course, there's there's people out there that wouldn't. But I would say that they get their weird, trippy effect, psychedelic effect from putting people into. A meditative trance-like state, right? It's a good point because it's pretty hard to have a good time and like a psychedelic experience with these drugs if you are distracted and up and moving around and doing a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah, like yeah, you're not going to notice sure. its full effects yeah. either. Yeah, because that's sure. usually. I mean, that's what a lot of people like if they're going to take a K-hole dose of ketamine, right? They try to be sensory deprived. That's why that guy John Lilly created that sensory deprivation tank. Like, there's reason for all this with 
I think it's kind of funny because... Which I think I've talked about before is I think the way to do psychedelic drugs is not at like parties or whatever, at social events or... I, I think the most practical uh, and positive way and transformative way to do psycho psychedelic drugs um, is like kind of in a sensory deprivation tank kind of situation or even just yeah. like lights off, maybe low music or whatever, low music for calming effects kind of and to help you kind of uh, get in a trance. But I think that is the best way to do it. Yeah. yeah. Especially like noise canceling headphones or anything like that with even just like, you know, like some sort of white noise or, um, uh, fuck. What is that one, uh, certain like noise frequency that makes you fucking trip out all crazy? Oh, that really, uh, is it the, the pineal gland or whatever? Uh, is that what it's called? Pineal gland? Yeah, that's what it is. I don't know what pineal, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, yeah, the pineal or pineal gland however you pronounce it uh, i've heard it both ways um yeah there's like certain music that like is like a certain frequency that uh stimulates that so a lot of times like tripping, I you put that on i typically put on uh tyson asmr and if you don't know who that is i suggest looking him up on youtube he's it's uh, really good for psychedelic drugs so if That's, anyone doesn't know who that is, please look them up fun. and take a but take a ten strip of acid. <laughs> Tyson ASMR. He has some videos that are literally like six hours long, and Hell he'll yeah. just That's walk so you through sweet, your dude. trip. That's so. Weird. I need to look this up because I've never heard of that person. But the first thing you when you when you said Tyson ASMR, I immediately thought of like Tyson, like the chicken company, oh my God. fucking yeah. chicken wings, and I was just like, what do they just fucking put microphones up to like a fuck ton of chickens that are just running around. Uh, Tyson, that sounds like the worst thing to be tripping to. Tyson ASMR has videos that are like giving you a, um, oh, what are those things called? Uh, like douching your butthole for your grinder date tonight or whatever. Oh, this, yeah. this, this one's, this one's, um, oh God, this one's labeled. If you watch this ASMR, you're gay. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Uh, he's great. Wow. Shout out Tyson ASMR. <laughs> neutral sh- neutral shout out. <laughs> yeah. He's always uh, he's doing ASMR. Anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Back to DXM. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is kind of fitting, you know, to talk about. DM, 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 mm. Yep. DMX. That's pretty fitting, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah. That. Um, DMX going to give it to you. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I, I, I should have mentioned this when I talked about metabolism, but it has a half-life of like 1.4 to 3.9 hours. Um, that's a DXM, right? And then DXO is about 3.4 to 5.6. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the, uh, I think Raven, you kind of mentioned how long it lasts typically for most people. Um, however, this is not just, uh, weight dependent, but also, um, dependent on, the sip 2d6 uh enzyme that i mentioned earlier that iso enzyme um that it essentially just varies differently between all kinds of people um and it's not there's not any definitive reasons is that. that the enzyme do you know that is shared with mdma and is the reason why it's super dangerous to take mdma after taking dxm um i, I have that information right here okay um no, this just says both serotonergic substances. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I read that they both share an enzyme and that 
something to do with mm. if you do DXM, it is super dangerous to take MDMA afterward. Yeah, I def- mm. I, I, we should look more into that. Um, you mean, I feel like you definitely knew about it better than I did. Weirdly enough, I guess CBD is a uh, 2D6 enzyme inhibitor. Weird. Um, so uh, this could lead to unexpected effects. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and I mean that's interesting to think of because there's probably a lot of people that take CBD to calm down. Start. No, no, <laughs> but to like super when they're sick, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, dangers of it. Uh, you know, um, it actually at high doses can increase uh both systolic and diastolic blood pressure. Um, and you name it, it will also increase your heart rate. Surprisingly enough, wow, wow. Um. <laughs> So, uh, last but not least, the weirdest part that I found about DXM uh, is that it's effective in treating this pseudo-bulbar effect. It's a fun uh, word. Yeah, right? Pseudo-bulbar. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Bulbasaur from Pokemon, yeah. but it's like a pseudo-bar <laughs> version of it. Pseudo. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's kind of a Bulbasaur. Hell yeah. Um, fake Bulbasaur. Um, anyway, this is a this is a condition. We shouldn't be laughing about it, but it's, oh, God, I mean, it makes no. sense that we are laughing about it. Um, it's characterized by uh, episodes of sudden, uncontrollable, and inappropriate laughing or crying. Oh. So if anyone is familiar with uh, the most recent Joker movie... That's what he had. Okay. Oh, so it's not Tourette's. No, I don't think so. I mean, okay. I think it's, it might be actually. So this is just a, an effect. So this might be something that you get with multiple different mental disorders. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, found that interesting, and I think uh, to lead into you know Ryan, I'm pretty sure you have something also pretty weird and fascinating about what DXM can be effective in treating, right? Yeah, dude, for sure. Uh, DXM can actually be used as an antidepressant, which would make complete sense because of how much we've related it to, you know, being a dissociative similar to ketamine and some of the and PCP and stuff. Uh, because ketamine can be used for anti for an antidepressant and is one of the leading. Um, I guess as like leading as in like the most effective treatments of uh, depression, uh, you know, for the last few years, uh, I would say. I don't know when when I don't know when like ketamine treatment really started to become super popular, but I feel like it was pretty recent, right? I think it was like mid two thousands. Really that early? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was thinking around. like in the last like ten years, maybe. I think it's just gotten much much more um, prevalent in like the media. People, the media you see like, oh clinics. sure. Uh, advertised a lot on Instagram and, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, anyway, so, the, uh, so this is a mixture of it's dextromethorphan and bupropion and, uh, is it bupropion or bupropion? Uh, I don't even, I hate trying to say I that word. Dude, bupropion. it's such a hard, it, yeah. It's bupropion. Yeah. I, I, there's no second R. But that's we talked about that in the nicotine episode. You put right? the pee on in bupropion. <laughs> <laughs> you put the pee on your face. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, we we talked about that in the last episode, the nicotine episode. So it's a mixture of those two things, which is funny because literally before doing any research for this episode, I was like, "Huh, I wonder if people microdose dextromethorphan." Turns out, this is technically a microdose. So, yeah, what is the funny. dose? Do you know? Uh, it's pretty small. I think it's like 
uh, I want to say it's like 10 milligrams or like. We should not fact check that. Really that's yeah, a lot. No. That's a, well, let me just look up. The, it's the drug. So, okay. So, the drug is called Avuelity. And uh, it is. Uh, it's interesting that it's they're using it as a microdose because I did find Reddit reports of people justifying their DXM use buying it online in bulk and powder saying that they do microdose it for depression and that it works. And then other people being like, oh, you just want a reason to be taking DXM over there. I mean, I honestly think it would. Being that if it's an NMDA receptor antagonist, yeah, it does, yeah. it does similar things to the brain that ketamine does. And ketamine is just much more studied than DXM for depression. Right. And it makes sense. It's short acting. It's like an hour. Whereas fucking <laughs> treating depression with DXM would suck if you were taking <laughs> large doses yeah. at all. But DXM so clinics? I look at they're injecting <laughs> DXM in you. <laughs> a yeah. DXM den, dude? Yeah. Wow. Be sick. Uh, just being just weird. a hotel in downtown Portland. <laughs> <laughs> True. So I looked it up. It's uh, 45 milligrams of dextromethorphan and 105 oh, milligrams of propion. So, yeah, and I was, I was honestly surprised because I thought this was a serotonin drug. Um, because it's it's an antidepressant, but I guess it's actually a um, uh, it, it's just a dopamine and norepinephrine inhibitor. Interesting reuptake inhibitor. Uh, oh yeah, but you said it had SSRI effects, style what? effects, right? DXM. No, okay, so yeah, what I'm saying is, yes, DXM does, and that's why it'd be dangerous to mix it with SSRIs. That's why I was surprised that bupropion. Because I thought bupropion was an antidepressant that was an SSRI oh. or also potentially an S or not also, but instead an SNRI, which would be serotonin and norepinephrine, right? Or even just ser- or just norepinephrine. But uh, I looked into bupropion. It makes sense why it could be used with DXM is that it's just dopamine and norepinephrine huh. reuptake inhibitor. Because I was a little tripped out. I was like, damn, they're saying like, oh, it's so dangerous to make DXM with SSRIs. I was like, what the fuck? I thought, <laughs> I thought bupropion was an SSRI. But, oh, yeah. gotcha. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Interesting. Um, well, anyway, uh, that's good to know. So this drug, uh, which is under the name of Wellity or Avelity, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, it is a very recent drug because it just got approved by the FDA oh. August nineteenth, twenty twenty two, which <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago. Two by weeks by the time this comes out, which will hey. be Labor Day, uh, you know, September fifth. Wow, uh, we're always on top of it. Dude, That's yeah. Awesome. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy how fucking this just got approved a couple weeks ago. And so what's cool about this is it is the only drug besides ketamine that they've found that actually has a fast acting effect. So when people take bupropion by itself as like uh as an antidepressant, it takes like three weeks to even see any somewhat of an effect. People that do the mixture of dextromethorphan and propion, propion, uh, it fucking it it works within like a day. Like people find it works within a day and like, or up to like the most like a week, which hmm. is like what people people like that do go to ketamine treatments. They like come out like the next day feeling fucking or come out afterwards feeling amazing, which is essentially what this does. Which is fucking really cool. So it's cool that like basically you could. Not necessarily like an over-the-counter style drug, but like something that you don't have to go to like a treatment center for. You just take like a small amount and it just is like wildly like effective. 
for depression. It's making me. I w- I didn't realize that it was so recent that it came out, and that makes me really almost wonder how that might change. Um, you know, some of the the people that are been on Prozac for years and want to try something different. Dude, yeah, it's or, it's exciting news because it there's so many, especially nowadays. Like there's so much depression and people that are suffering and that have not been able to find an answer and people that have reached out to try to do ketamine treatment and they either can't afford it or, uh, you know, aren't just aren't able to for whatever reason. And this could completely change, you know, thousands, millions of people's lives. I think I might try it. Yeah, Dude. Yeah. I would be willing to try it for sure. Just to see what it does. Well, because so, what's interesting is like bupropion, I think, is also mostly used for seasonal affective depression. Um, yeah. And for like, uh, you know, depression. Because some people like, um, like my friend's uh, dad, he was on uh, Welbutrin, which is appropriate, uh, because he, it was, it was helping him like quit smoking, apparently. I guess they give it to yeah. people that like uh, are trying to quit smoking. Well, you guess? We were just talking about how we talked about this drug last episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude. I don't know. I was stoned, dude. <laughs> I was stoned then. I'm stoned now. Well, honestly, I probably won't even need to try the Evuelity if um, Robocough sponsors this episode. I'm about to have a case yeah. sent to the studio. Hey, Robocough, yeah, but I don't you know. Should they- make your own. Uh- of wellity. Yeah. <laughs> but then you gotta get then you gotta get fucking some Welbatrin too. Some bupropion. So I've never heard I guess say Wel Welbatrin. Dude, that's the brand name, dude. Welbatrin. Well you whatever, dude. Fucking tomato tomato. Haven't dude. you ever seen a fucking commercial, bruh? Nah, dude, I don't have where, cable. Where they say Welbutrin uh, will probably well, make you kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I don't it's have just, cable, dude. I don't watch commercials. It's always someone like throwing their kid up in the air and fucking just like so happy. <laughs> and then it just says like it may cause like well, they should do the they should do the opposite where they throw a kid out a window and be like, This is why you need to take fucking Welbutrin so you don't get fucking angry as hell. Well, the scary thing about antidepressants is they actually raise the risk of suicide. They yeah on taking them and my girlfriend was saying that she learned why in nursing school and that's because a lot of people don't have the energy to kill themselves so the energy that they get from the antidepressant will give them just enough energy and motivation in life to actually kill themselves so, so yeah, that's dude. so that's so that's why on those commercials that say may cause uh thoughts of suicide and risk of suicide is because Damn. most people or not not most <laughs> so, some people will actually be finally God. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Finally, they just did it. PSA: Do not kill yourself. <laughs> Please don't. If you don't uh, get on antidepressants, you might die from your own hand. But take fucking dextromethorphan and bupropion, and you might feel fucking great within like a I days. I would say Avelity. There was just recently approved. Yeah, I wonder if we uh, get sponsored by Avelity. Oh, fuck not. that. I'm not. I'm only working with out. DXM Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> yeah. I am not working with no other pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah I wonder if we can get sponsored by Pfizer, dude. I wonder if we can get some t-shirts. I wonder if we can get, get some swag. We'll wear it on the show. And we'll start doing video. <laughs> repping yeah. the swag, DXM Pharmaceuticals. Whatever. You, yeah, if you guys are listening, yeah. just think about it. Yeah. Think about it. I mean, I'm going to send them the episode after this. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh... I want to talk about some different kinds of DXM because earlier we were mentioning different brands, Delsum versus other, you know, 
uh, Robitussin or di- di- different uh, brands that have DXM in them. Robitussin, Delsum. Yeah, uh, uh, there's well, there's a so there's a we mentioned earlier. It's a nickname called Triple C's, which is was a lot of early on when everyone was abusing DXM. And when I say early on, I mean like early in the 2000s, like when it started to become super popular again. After it was popular in the 60s already, which we mentioned earlier, but. So a lot of people were taking this brand. It was uh, Coricidin Coffin Cold, or otherwise known as Triple C's. And that was like the main choice of, uh, you know, drug to, or I guess brand to abuse to Robotrip because it had a very high amount of dextromethorphan and not really, or no, no other additives really. So... I know when I heard triple C's in eighth grade, ninth grade for the first time, like getting into drugs, um, I, I thought they were a drug. I thought there was like a mixture of drugs. I thought <laughs> yeah, you took oh, yeah. like three different pills yeah. that were like a mixture and then you got high. At first, I, had no I just idea thought it was big boobies. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a rap group that, uh, formed by Rick Ross. <laughs> wow. Have you guys heard of it. triple C's? No. no. Yeah. Uh, this is before... Rick Ross came out with some whack shit. Interesting. About putting Molly in her champagne negative shot at Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh <laughs> Wait, what's so, wrong with that? What? No, she said he what? said he put he said put Molly up in her drink. She don't even know it. So he like date uh, raped her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, don't, she don't even know it. <laughs> yeah, negative shout out. <laughs> so anyway, so the there were two different there's i guess i don't know we there's two different things i kind of want to mention so there's like the we kind of mentioned earlier like the long lasting uh like delsum which is dextromethorphan polysterex which uh mikey you you were saying the other day we were talking about this that it uh basically just means that it has like a plastic coating around it Sure, that was me talking about it, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So you about asked it. me about it because you were curious if potentially it was a different form of dextromethorphan, right? Not a hydrobromide, right? And Correct. that polysterics yeah. was somehow different. The only difference is, is that it's DXM hydrobromide with what Raven was finding out is a plastic coating. Of yeah, polysterics is just a plastic coating that they put on the dextromethorphan to make it extended release. Yep. Uh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so... So it's still de- dextromethorphan, hydrobromide. Okay, I don't, I I don't really... Like I mentioned, I think, to you, that I don't think there are any, like, dextromethorphan hydrochlorides or, you know, there's dextromethorphan freebase that people definitely, you know, they convert from the hydrobromide into the freebase, but... Sure. Um, I don't know if there's, like, a salt, like, hydrochloride or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't find any or when I was researching, but, uh, you know, I guess still could technically exist. I could just be oh, yeah. bad at researching. Well, so. No, I'm sure it, it exists in many different forms. Um, doesn't mean that they're orally active. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. So anyway, uh, so now that we've discussed the polysterics versus the hydrobromide, a lot of people that were taking the triple C's, which is what hydrobro, it's the just the normal hydrobromide, which is the non-long-lasting. So people would often abuse that and would just get stupid fucking high robo trip for like, you know, anywhere from six to 10 hours. And then they, people that would do the, uh, polysterics, like the, the Delsum, the long lasting, we'll call it just the long lasting cough syrup, 
people would fucking trip from like 12 to like 24 hours uh, or up to 36 at sometimes or even more, less. So uh, I kind of want to talk about some trip reports. Well, and that led to some, a lot of people. The reason you made that distinction between the hydrobromide and the polysterex is because that led to a lot of people thinking that there was a difference other than it just being extended release. Right, which is what I want to talk about with the trip reports of people talking about different feelings of these things and these could totally be you know it could totally affect you differently like being an extended release right totally which is what i kind of want to just explain like some of some of the reports that i've found that people say that when they take like triple c's which is the hydrobromide the non-long lasting it felt like it just comes on like super gnarly and just makes you feel like you're like flying through space or like floating over like a city or like whatever like it just feels like you're like a lot of people like mention like related to that uh story of the dude who the dude and his son that like had the freaking uh wings and they flew too flew too close to the sun and got all fucked up oh and uh yeah 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 that that homie uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah so a lot of people i've I've read reports where they're like yeah you know i took too much i tried to do you know a third or fourth plateau when i wasn't ready for it and uh flew too close to the sun and got fucked up from it and uh so and then there's also a lot of people say that the uh delsum you know um the long lasting they say that it has like more of just like a floaty kind of effect like it's not quite as intense uh which is what i've always when i I did try doing this uh that was what i had which it really wasn't that intense for me i never had like crazy hallucinations so i related to probably just the long lasting where it just takes longer to you know break down in your body or whatever so yeah i don't know i just found that pretty interesting that uh you know even though it may not really be so true that well, it so, uh, is different or it may not actually be different but people still have different. different effects i mean it is different but it it's is different. like i yeah all right cuz think about it like if you take any drug differently that it, uh, it's like dabs versus bud right like any yeah, yeah, that affects point. the rate of absorption or i guess edibles you know like if you were to fucking inject dxm it's going to feel a lot different than taking Dex- dxm orally yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Yeah. So the other like, thing, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say like edibles versus like yeah. just smoking immediately. Like exactly. immediately you feel high versus from smoking versus edibles take like hours to fully get you like super high. Exactly. Also, the other thing that I was thinking about is that the metabolism uh, from the DXM into that DXO compound, which is much more active or whatever. Uh, yeah. That is probably even more. You know what I mean? Like there's a little bit going on there where. Uh, it's just if you have it extended, essentially you're probably sitting there with some DXM still doing something and not a lot of DXO actually getting metabolized. I would almost wonder if you're slightly building a tolerance as more of it's getting digested as well. So that's why you don't get stupid high. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Well, most things that are sustained are essentially not, you don't want to use them if you're trying to get high. Right. Like, there's no point in using an extended release for something that you want to get high off. Right. You try to get, you, usually you try to get rid of that. Um, because essentially what uh, what extended release is, for those that don't know, is it is the first half of the drug, the dose. So, th- say it's 30 milligrams in the little shot glass that you took of your cough syrup. You're getting 15 milligrams for the first four to six hours. 
And then mm. the body will create or convert the next half of that drug. So I, I've always had to, I had to explain that to a family member who was getting, or, you know, a close friend of the family um, who was starting an Adderall um, regimen, right? Uh, prescribed. And they were wanting to take the extended release. And I was like, well, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's not smart to do it uh, later in the day, right? Because you're going to end up having like, you could take this at 2 p.m. And then uh, fucking eight hours later or six hours later, suddenly you're having another dose of that. I mean, there are ways to like get around that with like, usually those are like little clear pills with a bunch of little beads in them. So if you take the little beads out and then crush them up, then you could get rid of the uh, extended the coating. release coating. Yeah. And then you just mm. snort it. And then, oh my God. You could do that, but that would be a bad idea. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying, like, well, no, the, but yeah, the doc, doc, not the doctor's orders, but I mean, if you wanted to get around the extended release on that particular one, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I figured I'd mention that about the extended release. That that, yeah, no, that's very interesting because essentially, I guess you could the a way maybe correct me if I'm wrong. I, I guess the way you could think about it is that like. With the non-extended release, because of it, you know, getting you're getting the entire milligram, not or within the first four to six hours, rather than it being just half, then you could it's potentially a, a quicker and more intense peak of the uh, oh, yeah. drug. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't even know if it. you could get to a peak with extended release. Because, yeah, I like, mean, I guess you maybe you're it would half just... the dose. So you literally think like people are thinking they're taking a fourth plateau dose when they drink extended release, but they essentially for the first few hours are going to be on half of that. Yeah, and they're going mean, to go. It oh, be... it feels so much different. Yeah, but also, I mean, you could just take double the amount of the extended release, and then you'd just be fucked for like twice the amount of time. But I don't think they, people uh... are thinking about that. But I mean, if you were that, to think about it that way, you could do it. <laughs> you could, and that would be scary as hell. Because DXF on its own, on its own, already lasts fucking twenty four hours. Right. Yeah. And so taking an extended release version of that, adding a whole another twenty four hours, is just wild to me. Yeah, that would be fucked. <laughs> that sounds fucking terrible. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably don't do that. <laughs> Mostly for those really strong, like high doses. But I mean, I could understand. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, the extended release being kind of nice for people that are getting into DXM because it's more sustained. Yeah, I mean that's kind of why I like mushroom or LSD more than mushrooms because LSD lasts twice as long. I got so much shit to do. I just can't be fucking wasting twenty hours. No, it's sad. I I can't do DXM <laughs> anymore because I literally no. don't think I could ever find two days where I could just not talk to anyone, not do anything. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about that earlier, how fun it would be to try DXM again. Because I did have a lot of fun. It's something I truly enjoyed. But I don't have it in my schedule. I don't have a 20-hour window. to, And then I don't have the next day to just not do anything. Yeah, you yeah. have to literally take PTO to do it. Mm-hmm. But True. even then, I want to be getting stuff done with the podcast yeah. and other things like that. So, yeah. What, yeah, are you just, fucking responsible? Trying to be. That is tough. I mean, it's a cool... I think it's the... <laughs> it has a time and a place in a very snowy town in the middle of the winter. Yeah. When yeah. there's nothing else to do. I, know, I was thinking days. like a cabin in the woods in like Colorado, yeah. dude. 
Dude, yeah. Portland gets awfully rainy. You never know. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> yeah. One of these days. Hell yeah. Oh, well. Even acid right. seems like so long, but nah, that's why dude, I love mushrooms. You photos. accidentally, <laughs> quote unquote, microdose some mushrooms a little bit too hard. You're going to be fine in a couple hours. Oh, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, accidentally microdosing too much acid, your whole day's gone, dude. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, we're going to get back to... Uh, talking about some dxm so i'm I, i was talking about some of the trip reports and some of the stuff that i read of like because i don't know if we've really talked about exactly like what like what visuals you see or like kind of like what the feeling is of dxm but i mean i know we kind of mentioned it a little earlier like it's a dissociative it does make you hallucinate but a lot of people mentioned that uh you have like kaleidoscope kind of views and when they say like kaleidoscope they mean like just multiple of just everything mm-hmm. um so a lot of people describe it as visual flanging so i don't know if you guys know what like flanging is like when it comes to like audio but uh flanging is basically you take a signal and you like duplicate it and uh you delay it a little bit and then you modulate that signal to where you speed it up or slow it down and it kind of varies over time and it creates this weird um, this is like weird, like filtering effect that has to do with like phasing and stuff. Huh. And uh, so it's kind of like that signal is there, but it's doubled, but it's kind of like fucking moving around and kind of uh, it's a very s- strange sound. Uh, so a lot of people describe the like the visuals of DXM to be like visual flanging to where you see like you know double of things, but they're like moving around and shit. Like I've seen trip reports where people say like. They saw, like, a clock on their wall, and they were looking at it, and then all of a sudden it turned into, like, eight clocks that were, like, then circling and surrounding them, and, like, all the posters in his room were, like, fucking, the whole room was, like, spinning, and all of his posters were going everywhere and shit. Uh, Yeah, I remember when we were watching that movie, I saw four TVs. Like, I could very clearly see all four TVs. Well, yeah, yeah, and it makes, um, like, it definitely seems to have, like, a pulling effect on Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, you'll watch an inanimate object be pulled across your vision, and you can, like, watch it and be like, oh, it's Almost, like, like spins on alcohol. Right, but comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. you're in it, you're watching it. You're not nauseous, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That's definitely what I've read a lot of people that are... um, and explain it that way. Maybe with the kaleidoscope views that you were saying, uh, it's very uh, proportions are, don't exist anymore. So, like, you come up to a set of stairs, that set of stairs might quite literally look like the Empire State Building. Like, yeah. like you feel like you cannot get up there. Yeah, your depth possibly. Fuck. Yeah, it's not no, only yeah. depth perception. It's like that. Those stairs are literally two thousand feet tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's it, insane. I, I read a, a couple of reports of uh, this was in, like an Eurowood trip report. And someone said that their friend, they were, like, walking around. Because they went down to, like, their pool and they were, like, building or something like that while they were on DXM, which is a horrible idea. <laughs> and uh, so oh, their God, friend was, swimming. like, yeah, and their friend who had just, this was their first time taking it, was, like, walking behind them. And they were, like, dude, you got to fucking walk faster. And they are like, I'm walking, I'm already walking so fast. <laughs> and it's, like, they were, like, yeah. just, like, super slow-mo walking, dude. So Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess- it's crazy. I, I, that's kind of the robo walk like robot robot because the thing is like i mean it it is a almost uh very specific it's like a shuffle yeah yeah you're shuffling because you're so like you are holding onto the walls and shuffling because you can't stand up 
Well, I remember we we talked about it uh, in the in the that night that we did it. We we said we were moving around like crabs, like we were oh, walking 100%. around like crabs. Well, because at one point we, we realized it. that it was easier to be on all four, yeah, and crawl around <laughs> to be on all two, holding yeah. onto the wall. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine you just scurrying around. <laughs> we literally were. We were, dude. Yeah. It was fucking weird as shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I loved Fuck it. Yeah. All but right. It was funny because you said you just fall asleep, right? Well, like, no, there was one time I do remember I was actually at my friend's, uh, his grandparents had a cabin out in like Lapine kind of area. And we were out there, uh, like, cause they had like a, like a, like a, like kind of like a trailer thing out there. But, um, like, cabin was, like, or trailer? Well, they had like, they had a permanent, <laughs> like, you know, like one of those trailers that was like a permanent trailer, like with foundation. A double wide, like yeah. 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 So they had a Single double wide, wide double out wide. there. And then they also had like a cabin that was like maybe like a quarter mile, like, down the property a little bit hmm, and cool. uh you know maybe it was less than that but anyway uh <laughs> so we were like we would stay in the cabin when we would go like hang out out there and uh so one night uh we were robo tripping <laughs> and i i do remember like seeing like some doubles and like some of the flanging effect but it, i only took like i think it was like 250 milligrams maybe 210 something like that so it was like and plus like at that point i weighed like 250 pounds so like it really wasn't it was like maybe maybe breaching the second plateau probably not even so uh, i mean i did feel like some alcohol style effects but every other time i've tried it which was like i've tried it maybe like six or seven times i've just fucking passed out hard heard heard so hey. <laughs> So yeah, um, but yeah, some we're recording just... late tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> true, yeah, true. Shout out work. <laughs> yeah, shout out work. Yeah. So, but yeah, a lot of I don't know. A lot of the trip reports are really interesting. They say it, it's it's just interesting the different plateaus, like how drastically different they seem. Because the first ones, you you know, you mentioned it's like super energetic and stuff, and then the second one. It, you feel more alcoholy and uh but like also like very like slow at the same time and then once you get to like the third and fourth plateaus it's just complete dissociation which is like i feel like if you have energy off of a low dose and then you go to complete dissociation that's like such an interesting like zero to 100 you know well but it's it's an interesting experience because what's strange is you'll start to as you're coming up on a fourth plateau dose you're feeling all of those first second thirds yeah in the first few like point. minutes like you'll notice stimulation and then suddenly you'll be like i need to sit down and i'm gonna puke and uh, yeah. i need to close my eyes and listen to music and then giggly right. like you're drunk and yeah slurring and then suddenly at one point you're hallucinating and you don't yeah. even realize mm -hmm. that transition between completely being like aware of what was going on to now like it is a dream and you're only gonna really like you'll you'll be aware of what it is during the moment but likely if you're gonna remember anything from it and be able to tell anyone about it, it's going to be after the fact. Yeah. Sort of, yeah that you sure. have, like, dreamlike memories of that experience. It's right. very faster coming on than coming off. That is for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think the onset is, like, 30 minutes, depending yeah. on your Damn. body type and how much food you got in your system and stuff. But um, And it does, I mean, it, it will, on its own even, the DXM powder will cause vomiting and nausea and even, like, flushing and, like, like you know, overheating or whatever, kind of like niacin effects um, sure yeah at really really high doses and it can kind of be frightening for people and a lot of the times like that's the, the, these are the effects that people end up calling the you know poison control like cd right. uh, you know cdc or whatever um for that shit but anyway i figured i'd say that 
No, no, that's all good <laughs> stuff, dude. That yeah, I mean, from what I've read, it definitely like when you mentioned niacin, it definitely seems like that's kind of like what I would relate it to from uh, reading all the all these trip reports. Uh, that was my. Well, what's up? No, I was that gonna was... say it's it's a, <laughs> it's a lot to get through on the trip reports, like because there's just so many of them. Oh yeah, there's tons. I mean, that's the thing, and it's when it comes to these types of drugs, is the reporting is so varied. Like everyone yeah. has their own like description of these types of things. Because it's know? also very subjective. Because it, it is. is so dreamlike, and yeah. it, and you can manipulate it in a sense to like bend to kind of what you want it to be in a sense. Because in a way, yeah, of the dreamlike state. It but, is just right. so much more influenced by your subconscious state than your your conscious state. Mm-hmm. Whereas like psychedelics, right. I think are like more conscious. Like uh, the, the feelings that you're having in the moment in the past few weeks are going to really affect your psychedelic trip. Right. Whereas right. Like, with dissociatives, you could be fucking depressed. You could be happy. You could be all sorts of stuff. But the psychedelic effects are going to s- remain uh, subjective to your subconscious. Yeah, that's right. a really good point. Yeah, for sure. I, I can see that. Yeah. It's also interesting reading these reports because most of the people that are like writing these reports are teenagers, which I forgot to ex- start with in the culture section of the people usually taking DXM are in like high school. Like that's yeah. whenever I w- when I was in high school, everyone was talking about robo tripping and shit. I don't know a single person who robo trips anymore. And uh, I'm in my 20s. So, yeah, me neither. Yeah, it's it's very like a very niche community of either high schoolers or like people that just still love doing DXM, which or people who were given it uh, when they were stationed and now they keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, and people who are given it by the CIA. Yeah, totally. And also, <laughs> fucking rave culture. Apparently, there's people that go to raves and do DXM, which doesn't surprise me because people go to raves and do ketamine and stuff or whatever. So I don't know, I mean, man. Not, I don't. Well, you said you saw that picture of uh, someone holding up a RoboCough bottle. At a, yeah, at a on rave. Reddit. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Posted, yeah. I think it was in a comment, uh, some thread <laughs> I was reading. But uh, she posted a picture of her holding up the RoboCough like, uh, <laughs> like, bottle at a fucking, like, an outdoor rave. Like, Dude. Or an out, like, some festival she was at. And I was like, fucking Two-day nice, festival. Dude. You take it right when you get there. No, I mean, I could, <laughs> yeah. I could honestly. Yeah, I could that's assume. a good idea. Well, so here's the other thing. I could assume the like second plateau is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, at a fest, and then the other thing is, is LSDXM guys is one of the coolest combos. <laughs> oh, uh, I didn't think about that. that yeah, because be they last very similar lengths. Yeah, and it's just pretty much full. Like you've got your like how people mix ketamine with LSD. I almost feel like. like- religiously you would just be so out of your mind for so long well i feel like if anything it would probably actually <laughs> help because if you took just like if you don't take a huge dose of lsd it would probably be, it would probably help you stay awake it would probably give you the energy oh no to, like, you have no problem staying awake and then fucking the dxm would just make you fucking all fucking tripped out i mean even more i mean with I the know. lsd i don't know yeah Dude, i don't they- know I've done it, and it's highly confusing. It's I even more confusing. It's more confusing than ketamine and LSD. Ketamine and LSD, okay. they definitely blend super well together, but, like, it's something that is more so, like, it's kind of stupefying yourself. Like, it's, like, making yourself, like, you know how when you're on psychedelics and you feel fucking pretty dumb sometimes? Like, especially towards the yeah. end of it or something? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> especially after a high dose. Like, you're just kind of, your brain feels fried. And Yeah, totally. Imagine that coupled with like weird fucking dissociative thought patterns that are like so much different than it's not introspection it's like it's like it's only something that i feel like you should do alone and i know that sounds 
weird because we were like, oh, shouldn't you take high doses and shouldn't do certain things like without a trip center. But truly enough, like the effect from those two or even ketamine and LSD, I think, should be done kind of like highly sensory deprived, I guess. Sure. Um, or by yourself. Yeah. I just get scared almost when I'm on like high doses of even LSD when it comes to confusion. When it, it even it like setting up the TV, yeah. trying to plug wires in and trying to figure yeah. out why the hell is this thing not working? It was working yeah. 10 seconds ago and like being so high that everything is just so confusing. Like I have no idea how anything works. And then I start to think like, what if there was a fire in here right now? Right. Yeah. I'd be fucked. Yeah. Like completely fucked. I wouldn't be able to leave the house and get myself out. true fucking ego death right there, dude, is fucking when you uh, no. think of all those things and you're like, eh. I think you have a weird misconception on what ego death is. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> You've said ego death Dude, for so many things I've that is fucking, not ego death. I've killed my eagle so many times. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Communism? Eagle death? <laughs> oh my God. What the Russians are doing, dude? They're killing their eagles. <laughs> no, anyway. I, think that's, I think the best... I love the word spun for that. Yeah. yeah. When you are in a moment where your brain is just like scrambled and there's no like uh, linear thoughts... Like, you can't think normally. Yeah. It gets stressful with things like trying to cook. Or it's something. so weird how it can happen. Because you could feel, yeah. like, clear-headed enough that you know you're confused as shit. And be yeah, like, I it's... don't know how to figure this out. Or, like, how to gain this knowledge to do this thing. Yeah. It was funny because I, uh, I helped when I was in uh, Oregon uh, for a bit during COVID. Uh, I helped my dad install, like, a stereo system, and, like, surround system in their motorhome. And, uh, so they were gone on vacation and I was fucking doing LSD <laughs> and, uh, my dad calls me and he's like, Oh, I'm having trouble like getting this to work. Like, can you help me? And so I had to like troubleshoot <laughs> him like going through this fucking thing to get it to work while I was like <laughs> high as balls on fucking LSD. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, it was, it took me like a good, like when he like called me, I didn't answer at first and then he texted me and then like, I, I had to, I take like five to 10 minutes to like talk myself like through, I was like, what I was like, all right, like I got this dude, I got this. Like, <laughs> and then like, I like, called him back and then fucking knocked it out of the park, dude. And uh, it was just like, nice. <laughs> I felt so yeah. dude. I felt so good after that. dude. <laughs> so all right, uh, let's bring it back to. DXM. Yeah. To... Yeah. I want to talk about just music really quick and cool. just, uh, cause this is one last trip report where like, uh, this dude was, he took, uh, enough to be, have a fourth plateau. And he, uh, he said that music sounded fucking nuts on it. Like, I've, I've heard a bunch of different reports of people saying music sounds nuts on listening to DXM. DMX on DXM. <laughs> the fucking oh. inception, dude. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he report, he, he basically put in the report that, like, at first he was hearing these, like, guitar like noises, but they were like, they sounded like they were coming from like a different dimension almost. Like, that's like the only way you could describe it. And, he said that, like, every other noise he heard, like, he just literally couldn't even begin to, like, describe. Like, it was just so out of this world, like, strange noises. Yeah. That he just, like, couldn't even describe it. And got to a point where he basically just reached uh, this, like, delusion of consciousness. But it was, like, 
it was like a delusion of consciousness within a delusion of consciousness, like almost inception, <laughs> like, and just continued to like go like into another like form of consciousness, consciousness, but then like into another one. So he was like dream within a dream within a dream within a dream, like in a fucking crazy, just, just tripping balls, just like not even knowing where reality is, which is kind of terrifying. Sounds about right though. It, it, it's honestly, you're just in it when it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember putting my ear up to the speaker and just being like, literally none of this makes fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, and it still, yeah. I think it has a little bit of that effect that ketamine and, like, nitrous do, too, where at high doses, it'll call, yeah, it'll just cause, like, like everything to get louder. Like, yeah. you're essentially hearing yeah. internally, and you're, like, your hearing gets just, like, so sensitive. Yeah, I've noticed that on DMT. Uh, well, yeah. definitely LSD with uh, like music just sounding like crazy, more detailed and stuff like we've talked about. But like DMT, I every time I do like DMT, I, I always have to like wear headphones and like listen to Pink Noise or or like some sort of like thing to just wash out like general like so I'm not hearing like just the room because I always hear this fucking weird ringing every time I do DMT. It's just like like kind of like that like but like super like quiet but enough to like be like what the fuck is that sound and it's i don't know everything just gets super heightened and just wonky and weird i think a lot of us get that with dbt when you take like a pretty high dose it starts to because that to me that effect is like coupled with the visuals coming on like it gets it gets more intense as the visuals get more intense and then suddenly once it goes away you're in like a different world it feels so mechanical at first, and then it drops you into this fucking world that's, like, so non-mechanical. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. We shouldn't try to describe it too much. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't know what you guys are talking about, because I already have tinnitus, so it's just, like, I already always have I don't know. Like, I have that as well. I get weird ringing. It's not constant No, I have anything, it constant. But yeah, Raven day, has it really day. bad. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but this is, like, a louder Shooting effect. Guns. Bah, bah, yeah, bah. it's, it's similar like, to tinnitus, but it's a lower frequency than, like, the high pitch. like... See, so when I do, like, nitrous thing. or anything, I, I hear my tinnitus shift into that pitch. Uh, so it's, like, I feel like it's still just tinnitus. <laughs> yeah. Your tinnitus is... It's, like, your voice. It just drops super low. Your tinnitus <laughs> fucking also drops hella well, low pitch. <laughs> and it could be... Uh, the the reason you guys are hearing the the noise is because you might have like minor tinnitus because well, drugs definitely. and alcohol cause your tinnitus to get louder. Like alcohol, mm. yeah. when I'm drunk, it's literally I sometimes I can't even hear my own thoughts. It's so fucking loud. And caffeine and uh, whippets, dude. Whippets are just like screaming loud tinnitus. Damn, it's weird. But we're not talking. If you need about more this mushrooms, things. dude. Maybe your tinnitus will go away. Yeah, maybe. Paul Stamets said so. Really. No, he just told a story one time about... I've told this in this psilocybin yeah. episode where the dude was... Don't freaking, tell it again. Yeah. Make them listen to the... Yeah, listen to psilocybin episode, Paul Stamets. Uh, well, don't... Listen to me talk about Paul it's Stamets. It's actually the craziest <laughs> story you've ever heard. Yeah, so. it's fucking sure to pretty go sick. To so, yeah. It's uh, also very possibly not the case, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's all... It's all, you know... I don't know. You be the judge. You go listen to the judge. It's all he says, he he says, he says. You know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know what you're saying. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's just interesting the what people kind of describe like a DXM trip to be like, where like they say it's like some people go to like a black void, where some people go to like space, and some people go to like 
they're flying above like a forest or like whatever. They're just like I don't know. the The soaring effect is pretty interesting, and that mixed with the music just sounding absolutely strange, I feel like would be the only reason I would ever try DXM again. Is just you know, ticks because I fucking love music, dude. So like, just. Hearing music all fucking wonked out like that would be pretty sick, probably. I feel like you've got to try it now. Well, so well, yeah. especially if you get sponsored by Robocop. Then yeah, and I'll say, like, I, I think that it mediates the experience. Like, you have to have music for the experience. Because I used to create these playlists that were... Um, and I still have them to this day on Spotify. It's so funny when I see them, because I'll be like, haha. A lot of Aphex Twin. No. This is before <laughs> I even was into that. So, like, I was listening to, like, The Smiths and, like, Marilyn Manson. Oh, interesting. Like, just a weird range of, like, folk to, Marilyn like, Manson, really? Yes. I love Marilyn Manson. I've always loved Marilyn Manson. And so, anyway, it was, like, I was listening to a lot of music that had, like, um, in, like, very deep messages, sort of, and, like, intense shit. Because you are, like, cognitive enough to be able to hear it. Like, you're hearing the lyrics. You're hearing what's being said. And it's, like, I don't know. For me, it was at a time where, like, I wasn't into electronic music. So I was into, you know, other types of music or whatever. And that, funny enough, now I'll always have, like, weird nostalgic uh, memories if I hear those songs. And it's from its memories of being in my bed with headphones on, tripping balls. (laughs) (laughs) ain't nothing like a nostalgia of you know tripping balls as a teenager dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah what were you probably like 15 14 (laughs) 14 yeah (laughs) yeah so speaking of uh tripping balls as a teenager i saw this news article of uh this it says teen, but they showed a picture of what the dude looks like and so i assume probably 19 or like 18 so not really a kid, but uh, so dude freaking was so he was legal found. Right? <laughs> well, anyways, <laughs> so these so cops found him in Greenfield, Indiana, running around naked at a park, high oh, yeah. on DXM. Well, good thing he wasn't under eighteen, because then the you know, those <laughs> cops would have had to go to jail. I feel like if anything, it's worse. Of like, oh yeah, true. <laughs> but I feel like if any, if anything, it's worse if he would have that he, if he was over eighteen because he's running naked through a park. Like that's how people well, get fucking not, registered sex. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna, yeah. There's that, and then uh, the cops could give him like a felony or something. He can't get it expunged because he's not a minor. They could try him as an yeah. adult, say that he was uh, you know trying to attack someone naked. It's also Indiana, yeah. so they probably would try you as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. They ain't got nothing but, else going on. Yeah. And what the uh, fuck happens crazy? in Indiana? Literally nothing. Well, Corn. this apparently. Corn. <laughs> corn. Yeah. Would you say porn? Corn. corn. Yeah. Lots of corn. corn lots of corn. Lots of corn. Porn, dude. Yeah. Lots of corn, porn. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of Amish people in Indiana actually. Yeah, Interesting. There's a lot of, so, a lot of Amish people again. In, uh, a lot of corn. Porn. Yeah, corn porn. <laughs> corn Amish, <laughs> Amish corn porn. <laughs> Except for those are like theater plays. You know that? Like, <laughs> you know that um, joke? It's like, oh, would you film this on a potato? It's like the Amish people are actually filming porn on a, some sort of potato. <laughs> or on a corn cob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's all. <laughs> what if that was like their like computer, like because you know it's like ones and zeros and stuff with computer language. It was like uh, bites out of a corn on the cob. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It is too too one, late in the zero. night for any funny jokes to be coming 
out of our mouths, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, what's funny about that Still whole laughing. situation <laughs> of that kid in uh, Greenfield, Indiana, uh, the fucking cops tased him three times. It took him three tasers to get fucking, uh, you know, to be able to handcuff him. And who knows if they, it was actually necessary for him to get tasered three dude. times. But dude, just imagine being fucking tripping on DXM. In a park, running around, no clothes on, and all of a sudden you just get no tasered, way. dude. Dude, you probably feel like you're playing GTA 1 or 2 where it's still top-down, and you're just running away from these cops, <laughs> and they tase you, and you just see your health bar go down like you're a like, third. Oh, fuck, dude. And then you're just like still running around, it goes down another third after the second taser. Yeah. Also, and then you get the wasted screen. Well, I think that's why, um, like... Like PCP and other, or like you know those stories of like, oh, he was able to take tons of bullets before he went down, so he's like a, you know, like a superhuman on PCP. Yeah, I think that it's also it's mostly just due to the fact that it's an, like you're so anesthetized, like pain. You can't feel it. Yeah. You can't feel yeah. shit. That Dude, like yeah. it getting tased, like your neurons aren't even firing that much because of the drug. So then essentially, like the tase itself probably doesn't even kick them up no. into the yeah. drive that they're supposed to. So. Dude, yeah, my buddy probably, who, yeah. yeah, my buddy who freaking would do DXM all the time when I was in high school would tell me stories of him being like, yeah, you know, I took like anywhere from like 400 to like a thousand milligrams and would just like be laying on my bed and like would just like, like one particular story, he was like, yeah, I was watching my ceiling fan just go around in circles and then I just turned into my ceiling fan and just <laughs> circled watching yeah. my body for like an hour for, he doesn't even know because of like the weird like how like time doesn't isn't like linear kind of on time doesn't exist oh uh, yeah time yeah. okay so that's one thing that i don't know if you guys read about when you were reading about reports but legit it is like one of the most weirdly uh it slows down time to the yeah, point that it's like of... completely non-existent like you don't it made me more patient in life if that makes sense <laughs> no like yeah. literally that was a long-lasting effect from it that i was so happy to have because i'm someone who looks at the clock my watch, everything like that, constantly. Like, I always am sure, fidgeting yeah. and ready to get out of a situation that I'm in yeah. uh, because it just, I don't know why. And so th this drug giving me patience was weird because I could sit there and just relax in a moment where I typically would be like, I need to get out of here. I'm ready to be done. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's just yeah. like no, totally. weird effects. No, I've read a lot about that where a lot of people would start timers as soon as they would take the DXM so then they could figure out how long they were into their trip because sometimes they would be tripping for what felt like hours and then look at their fucking clock and it was like, you know, maybe like 30 minutes to an hour. And by. I'm sure you can't tell just by looking at your clock. You can't do the math in your head. So the timer must be pretty nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You just oh, look no. and you just see a number and you're like, cool, like. That's all I need to know. <laughs> well, that's what's funny because actually it's funny you guys say that because the flanging effect is probably the most pronounced when you do look at a digital uh, LCD like readout of uh, something. Really? When you're trying oh. to read, yeah, you'll notice like you'll watch like the, the alarm clock or the, the oven light uh, clock go like all the way down your vision and, yeah. and move around and stuff. I feel like it would be harder to try to like figure it out from an analog clock though like with the fucking hands and shit like that well that be... too that too i just think the re the digital thing i've noticed because it's something where it's like when you're in a dark room you'll always pick up on those weird digital clocks from like a microwave or an oven yeah totally. and you'll see them you'll watch the after image of that move around the room essentially yeah that happens a, yeah that happens with ketamine it happens with pcp it happens with 
But it really, essentially, like, these drugs, you have to like close one eyeball to be able to see correctly because of that flanging effect. That's um, so interesting. You're like very, very much so cross-eyed. Yeah. And not just cross-eyed. I think there's a little bit of nystagmus as well. Like your eyes are moving back and forth. Yeah, um, for sure. Which that makes it, sense. Yeah. I feel like your motor functions completely are just fucking turned off. So like your eyes yeah. are moving back and forth. Your arms are moving around. I remember there, there were times where I was just like, why are my hands in the air? Like, why, like, oh. why am I sitting here just <laughs> like... Or the weird uh, flailing. Yeah. There was a time where I remember trying to get into the hot tub and my leg just oh, randomly yeah. was uncontrollably like... Uh, like flailing back yeah. and forth and I couldn't stop it and I was laughing because I was like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah. and then it just stopped and I was like cool yeah. that's fucking wild um, yeah it has a well, really the whole, weird effect on that the whole reason I was explaining that story was um, because we were talking about like imagine getting tased like while on DXM the or even people you know people getting shot like while on PCP if you're freaking watching your body from a third like like a third person view then there's no way you're going to be able to fucking like if, if cops are tasing you but you're looking at yourself from like a tree that sounds fucked yeah like, i was saying well, it yeah. would feel like you're playing gta 1 or gta 2 where it was still top oh, down yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah true, true. running away from the police you got the wanted level you got your little health bar there yeah yeah <laughs> uh, that's a good point you did say all that all right yeah never mind well, anyway, you take DXM uh, and you just have like little uh, yellow stars to stick on your shirt. <laughs> Freeze plateau. Like, All right, get my second plateau, third plateau. If I go outside, this might be a problem. <laughs> so you, dude, it's just becomes like the system of walking around. So you walk around, you see someone with four stars on their shirt. And you're like, oh fuck, dude. <laughs> we gotta Damn. get this guy inside. <laughs> yeah, you're high as balls, dude. You're gonna get caught for this. <laughs> you're going to jail. Yeah, I guess. Um, we should just talk about this uh, electric cough syrup acid test by Jim Hogshire. I just thought this was really funny because this is a, a little bit of an older report before Reddit. It came out in 1993, written in a newspaper. I'll just give a brief summary of this report. This guy writing for Harper's Magazine Foundation... Oh, wait. In the spring issue of Pills A Go-Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is from... Uh, uh, it, it's, it was titled Poor Man's PCP. So he oh. just kind of wrote that he was just fascinated by people taking DXM and wanted to try it. And he took, I think, what was it? Like eight ounces of it or something. And I think it was probably more potent back then. And he explains just the perfect I suggest people go and read it for themselves but he says he became a reptile as if everything became analog and that he, like everything around him was just black and white A and B there was no the words had no meaning behind them that he was saying saying things could just mean anything and he would have to put himself into these crazy reality checks and I don't know. I just think it's the perfect description of what DXM feels like. If anyone were to go read electric cough syrup acid test on Arrowwood, then I suggest you do so. He explains Hell how yeah. you become a lizard. <laughs> You're a lizard, Harry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it was a pretty interesting read. The dude seems like he... Um, yeah, I don't know. I always feel like a lizard when I'm on LSD. I always feel like I'm just like... 
on a wall, just looking around at life, just overly observing everything with my big with my big eyes. Yeah, he describes shaving uh, his face and saying, "I it, it, he lost all sense of time and he felt like he was just tearing his face to pieces, but didn't see or feel any see any blood or feel any pain." And that he thought if he looked down and he had grew another limb, he would think nothing of it and not be surprised of it at all. Like it, it is the, in that sense, it makes you just so content but confused, but also nothing is real. It, it, it's kind of like that magical theory of, of thinking is uh, nothing is real, but everything is permitted. Yeah, Very much applies to the feeling of DXM. Yep. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess that is uh, the main takeaway is that nothing is real, but everything is permitted when it comes to DXM. I Like I said at the beginning, dude, Morpheus, dude, Dextromethorpheus. I love that. Yeah. Wow. The Dream Lord. Have you guys, <laughs> the Dream Lord. Have you guys seen that yet? The Get Sandman on, on Netflix? No. no. Fucking awesome show. It's not it like, uh, it, I don't know. It's kind of, it takes a while to get good. Um, but when it does, it's, there's only a season out. Anyway, it's about a Dream Lord, uh, pretty much a god. Who's the the god of dreams, and his name is Morpheus. So it's kind of funny. Interesting. Fuck yeah, dude. That's DX sick. Morpheus. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. So um, don't take the red pill. Don't take the blue pill. Take the little white DXM pill. Just kidding. Don't do drugs. <laughs> take the Robocop. <laughs> take the Robocop. <laughs> Drink the pill instead. <laughs> we love you guys. Um, so harm reduction. Harm reduction for sure. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, a hundred percent. I wasn't saying I love you to my audience, by the way. I do love you guys, but I was saying I love you to uh, Robocop. I love oh, Robocop. I thought you were Robocop. saying you love me. You love you to me. Dude. Mixing oh, DXM. To you guys. No, 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 definitely. <laughs> mixing DXM and MDMA is incredibly dangerous. Mixing DXM and almost any drug is uh, extremely dangerous, including alcohol and opiates. Even amphetamines and cocaine, because uh, remember, high doses of uh, DXM can cause heart. Yeah, like yeah, heart blood rate. pressure, heart rate, and stuff. Um, but you know, also panic attacks, right? Because doing simulants can cause that. Um, Especially uh, insanely high doses of DXM can cause very bad confusion and aggression. So linked with an amphetamine would just boost that through the roof. Yeah, yeah, and then same thing with um, like sedative type stuff like GHB or GBL. Um, and benzos. Um, benzos can definitely be used in a very small amount to like end a bad trip, but because both uh, like GHB and benzos kind of cause like ataxia, like the inability to like move and walk, and also like sedation, the I, the risk of vomiting and choking on that vomit from the mixture of those two drugs is like very high. So it's worth just not mixing those two. Um, yeah, just fucking have a bad trip, pussy. Yeah, there there, yeah. <laughs> there are some drugs that, like, they're advised don't mix because you may have adverse reactions or whatever. This one's a just don't mix it with anything because it can be potentially deadly with a lot of mixtures. Yeah, and I mean, that's not something to think of. Like, it's kind of scary to think that you could just be on Zoloft or Prozac and not really realize what you're on and go and get a fuck ton of cough syrup for being sick yeah, and take a little bit too much of the recommended dose because you're just feeling like you needed it. And then suddenly, bam, you've got serotonin syndrome right, symptoms. Yeah. That's scary. Bam. And that's what I was reading with MDMA as well is if you have a cold and you're taking DXM even as just the cough syrup for your cough or whatever, and then you take MDMA, then the MDMA is going to be much more potent. So you're more likely to overdose 
and more likely to get serotonin syndrome soon after. Uh, so huh. just really not good to take MDMA after taking any amount of DXM. Yeah, don't yeah, do it. That's very good. Which is know. scary because I think there's been uh, on pillreports.org or ecstasy.org or one of those uh, places where they upload analyzed results. Um, there's been ecstasy pills with DXM in them. That's so scary. Even Jeez. even on um, the DXM Reddit, you could find so many reports of people being like, don't mix, don't yeah. mix, don't mix. And then a lot of people saying they didn't realize it was deadly and they tried it and then they ended up in the hospital or they ended up being incredibly sick and throwing up or they had really bad reactions to it. There was There is a lot of people on there that'll talk about having done it and ended up in the hospital and stuff. So yeah. it's wow. serotonin yeah. syndrome is nothing to fuck around with. Nope. That's for sure. Damn. Yeah. With all that said, though. Take care of your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Don't do it in a park. Don't do it. uh, It's all about set and setting, just like any other drug or a Don't do it in a park. Don't do it uh, in the dark. (laughs) Actually, do it it in the dark. Don't do it in the park. Uh, Don't do it near bark. That sounds fucking rough. Uh, Don't do it with a dude named Clark. (laughs) <laughs> Griswold. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Yeah. Dude, check out. Sure. Um, so I just want to say, check out our freaking Patreon. It's about to explode with a bunch of cool shit, and you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss out on that. So get over there. It's Drinking uh, Got a Cups on Patreon or patreon.com forward slash D O O C. True. Yeah, true. And then follow us on Instagram as well at Drinking Out of Cups underscore podcast on Instagram. Yeah, 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 dude. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it, and uh, we hope you appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. If you have any suggestions for drugs that you would like to hear, please hit us up on that Instagram, and we will cover a drug that you want us to talk about. And yeah. we'll shout you out. Yeah, yeah. maybe. If and they're you know, on the we Patreon. Sparing, we sparingly give out shout-outs. It's very not often. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely well, never really do that. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. very, you know, it's possible that, like, if we shout them out, it might not. It, it'll be a tiered shout-out. You know. True. It's very possible it might not be a good shout-out. <laughs> yeah. It could be a positive shout-out. <laughs> be careful who you are. It could be a shout-out. It could be a negative shout-out. So. Yeah. Exactly. Depending I'm on only shouting drug, people off if they give us $3 a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Just give us some money already. Dude, yeah. We could fucking share a beer. Ne- negative shout out to all of the people who are thinking about getting the Patreon and not actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. True. Yeah. So and if, uh, you. if you've been enjoying it, share it around with your friends and your homies. Tell everybody about it. Yeah. Tell and your friends about the show. It helps us out. Yep. Then you'll get a positive shout out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll come to your house and I'll kiss you. <laughs> Be careful, guys. He, he has herpes. <laughs> Don't we all, though? <laughs> Don't, Don't we one all? Out of, one out of four of us do. So uh, I sure, My doctor sure as hell thinks I do. I was like, damn. <laughs> damn. So either none of us have it and maybe someone else listening so if if the three of us don't have herpes if you're listening to this you have herpes (laughs) (laughs) yeah can we play some tyson asmr on our way out yeah (laughs) all right bye guys later peace and i don't know if i'm just sweating or if there's still just